0: You're listening to the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus and I am Mitch LaFawn. Find me on Twitter at Mitch (laughs) LaFawn.
1: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because it's time for another bonus episode. Episode 14. We're calling this one, Our Middle Name is Trouble, and we L-U-V-E, you all. Now, before I um, introduce the hosts here, I just had a couple of pieces of mango, and I want to let you know I'm back, baby! I'm back! (laughs) Tommy, how are you, Zeus? What's going on? I think the favorite, my favorite part of these
2: bonus episodes is Sonny's intro on how he's going to work in lyrics from the selected bonus episode for, for this one. So thank you, Sonny. Zeus, what's up, my friend?
0: All good over here. Thank you, uh, Sonny, for another interesting uh, <laughs> intro. I love those. <laughs> and for those that are logging on or seeing this, uh, please take note. Uh, at least I hope it's done Our new logo And the kind of new title we have So instead of just calling this Bonus episodes Because we do a few different types of things We're going to start calling these What they really are And the title that we're using Is the album Review Crew You doo! Do <laughs> I knew that was coming. I had to drop it. In there. <laughs> That's why I let the pause in there. I knew you were going to do something. Yeah. So new year, new name. You know that th- we we like the
2: bonus thing, but to have a name for this, you know, and to, and to let Sonny be more an official part of the family here f- for for these episodes. So, by the way, I know people are listening to this and they're seeing it on their podcast app of choice. But we are doing Tesla Mechanical
1: Resonance today. So, and it's a group pick, and we'll get into why it's a group pick. And I want to point out that we kind of shined over it, but it took 12 months for this new logo. So I was on a 12-month review cycle. You Check the it Vinnie, out.
0: You were the Vinny Vincent of our Kiss group. Good lord, dude. We have a very
2: intensive uh you know, work release program here with <laughs> shout about
1: loudcast. and I almost <laughs> lost it at load and singles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> our HR is uh pretty particular about the people I work with.
2: yeah, and uh, our employee performance review system
0: is very, very specific. It takes a twelve month probationary period before you're part of the crew. <laughs> and um yes. <laughs> You are the Vinnie Vincent. we gave you the contract. You keep telling us you're gonna sign it. So uh, we have we have a Mark St. John in the waiting. Um, I don't we know do. who's gonna I don't know. We who's do come in for testing with us, Tom. Imagine if we actually had people come in and test like Creatures of the Night kiss? Did. that would be that would actually be like a nice reality slash
2: podcast hybrid. We'd have people and we test them to see them as third hosts and be like,
1: nah, you, you fucking you're terrible. All right, who's next? <laughs> and Murph, I want to let you know we extended your probationary period another 12
2: months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like a he's like a tenant at will. He signs he signs an extendable
0: lease with us month to month. Yeah. Oh man. Yes. Oh so. You know we uh, we love these things. It's actually season two debut, uh, and we are back to the group pick, and it's not mechanical renaissance <laughs> as I've somehow sometimes seem to forget. But we're doing Teslas. But before we do that, we usually jump and go backwards and see what we did last time, and last time was a pick of mine we did singles the soundtrack and uh, i uh, to say it was polarizing (laughs) would be an understatement oh man polarizing is good that's what we like the bonus
2: episodes are are fun because it's albums that we agree on as a group and and then the individual picks some of them we all agree on some of them we don't but that makes it fun but yeah last time we were together we did singles and we'll start off with our poll so, of course, every time we do a bonus episode, the poll is what the best track is. So, we decided to include Wood by Allison Chains, State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns by Mother Lovebone, and Birth Ritual by Soundgarden. Without a doubt, Wood by Allison Chains smoked it with 61%. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't surprise me because I think a lot of people may not have been familiar with the single soundtrack, but they know that song outside of the soundtrack. So, that's probably why. And a lot of people just agree that that's the best one. For example our buddy Tony from Restrain would not even close. Our buddy Deuce, I'm taking Nearly Lost You. What the fuck is wrong with you? Screaming Trees is clearly the best one of the best 90s songs period. I, I agree with you Deuce. Uh from your four, Wood is the obvious choice but Nearly Lost You is better. Yeah, it was tough to narrow them down. I would have put Nearly Lost You as an option but we you know, we take right in votes. Uh, Twisted kissed or I voted for Pearl Jam. I can't stand Mother Lovebone. Wood is probably the first song I remember liking that I got tired of hearing. I don't have much memory of birth ritual. When you played Waiting for Somebody, a smile came to my face. I haven't heard that in 28 years. That took me back. All right. Um and then Zeus, you jumped in there and you said, I love wood, but it's not even a top 10 Alice and Chain song for me. Breath is the better Pearl Jam song, so it's Sound Godden verse Mother Lovebone ritual.
0: Now, yeah, but that led to a back and forth with Tony, who we forgot to thank again. It's like that fucking Jimmy Kimball Mad Damon thing. <laughs> or <laughs> what's it the fucking uh Lindsay Buckingham? I was just gonna oh, say that. <laughs> oh shit, we forgot oh, to, Lindsay. Oh, we forgot again, man. Good old mad Lindsay. Are you man? We love you, Lindsay. <laughs> but uh thank you again, Tony. Uh, great ent- uh, intro for us, and Tony's got his uh, album Restrained Album God of War. It's out now. Go get it, it's absolutely fantastic. Anything nice to say about Tony? Nice to say, Sonny?
1: Um, no, <laughs> uh, but I want Tommy to say, I love wood again, so I can clip it later. I love wood. <laughs> that was awesome go for it leave that in the edit i gotta take it and do what you please with it but
2: i love wood (laughs) so so then i jumped in i said zeus i love you but that comes from the sunny poony book of bad music takes not in the aic top 10 no um and then you said not even close then tony jumped in he said wood is absolutely one of the best tunes the riff is killer vocals are killer chorus is killer you're weird zeus and then you responded said you don't know their catalog. Sorry, it's not Tora Tora. <laughs> <laughs> and then Twisted Kister jumps in and goes, not that there's anything wrong with that. Wild America
0: is a phenomenal album. <laughs> what the fuck? I had a Torah Torah CD, I remember. They had a song called, like, Walking Shoes <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> a pl- oh, my wa- <laughs> <laughs> oh my wa-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you go, yeah, it's terrible it is and then and then uh, then of course our very own sunny Pooney jumps in and says i would i voted for drown oh wait i would rather drown oh wait forget it go wood and then our good friend chris vickery sadly i know none of these songs
0: (laughs) thanks charlie but (laughs) i don't know that
2: album (laughs) i don't know what asylum is uh, our buddy Darren AIC is a top five all time band for me, but the only right answer here is Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns.
0: That is a very polarizing song. It I is. cannot believe some of the people that are like I fucking hate Mother Love Bone or I fucking hate that vo- the vocals. And I don't get. I didn't expect to get this out of nowhere.
2: It's the song where people literally either hate it like Sunny or they love it like we oh. do. Yeah, they see the brilliance in it or they're
1: like this is awful. Or they see the shit in it.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then our uh, and then our fellow Pantheon podcast brethren the Grunge podcast which if you're a fan of grunge check those guys out definitely. They they agreed and said Chloe Dancer is the only choice. Um Alessandro Rourke said Nearly Lost You is the best song on the album. And the Grunge again said uh they cut co- that they they also covered the single soundtrack and they love they love Mother Love Bone as well. So A couple other people. Kim Andrews. I don't know any of these songs. (laughs) Um, Marvin Carter. Just so you guys know, I have always avoided the grunge in Seattle stuff. Although after listening to the singles podcast, I now have the soundtrack and two Paul Westerberg CDs. You guys rock. Thanks for all you do. Oh, boy. Here's a suggestion. By the way, how about doing the Stars album violation? Yikes. Marvin, (laughs) thank you. Marvin, thank you, but not happening.
0: That, and we may have the first Murph burner account. That's true. Oh, yeah. Is he a oh,
2: Stars fan? No, he's a Paul Westerberg fan. Replaced, oh, Murph yeah. loves Paul Westerberg and the replacements.
0: Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you got to get this. I've never heard of these before, and it's fantastic. Okay, Murph. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jason Kennedy, breath is the best song. Chris Cornell, seasons is a close second. Amazing soundtrack. Lauren Weir, mother love bone, all of my favorites from each band yeah i agree that graham borford overblown not being an option is just disrespectful graham look it's a good song twitter only allows you four options jack broad birth ritual although wood is great too so there are some poll related comments um from that bonus episode and um from the bonus episode itself some twitter comments here um our buddy Todd Harrig, you guys sure love your Seattle grunge music. I bought it for Wood and listened through it a couple of times, but as soon as Dirt re- was released, I'm pretty sure it never saw my CD player again. <laughs> then we had, we actually had Mark Lanigan, lead vocalist of the Screaming Trees, chime in on some of the comments. And I love Mark Lanigan, but I don't know what his. And our buddy Deuce, he said I because we released this right before Christmas. So Deuce goes, I feel like this is coal in the stocking for Sonny Poony. <laughs> and then Mark Lanigan responded to that by saying, so true. <laughs> and I don't understand what that means. Maybe like, he listened el- to the episode. Or, or maybe he doesn't like the album either. I don't, I don't even know he's on it.
0: Yeah, I don't think he knows what planet he's on. He's still on a fucking heroin binge with Lane Staley, and one of them made it, and the other one's fucking almost gone. It could be.
2: That could be true. Oh, here we go. Here's the first one of many. Our buddy MD, Sonny Pooney listening to the three of you arguing over the hotness of Bridget Fonda. Oh, I yes. this. This is great for anybody who watches The Office. This is great reference. He says, "I feel like I'm watching that Office episode where they argue over the hotness of Hillary Swank." That is that's a great episode, and Ooh. then Poony, and then Poony jumps in and goes Hillary Swank. Meh. Oh no, Hillary,
0: <laughs> Hillary yeah. Swank's gross. No, she's yeah. gross. But the, the episode <laughs> now, that's is fun. a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's not a your man. mother. That's not your mother, Basil.
2: That's a man. <laughs> Jr. Looking forward to the episode. I love this movie and the music. And then Murph, when Sonny is bringing the grunge and Bridget hate. Remember Zeus and Tom, as Mister Sensitive Ponytail says in the movie you know it's okay to loathe these people (laughs) great quote from the movie uncle paulie heck yeah another eighth of a day long episode (laughs) i can't wait to listen to this on my road trip thanks gents hope your families have a most awesome merry christmas Save rock and metal. Uh, well, I don't know if we want to include the puny Burner account because he jumps in and says, Fonda is not hot at all. I'd rather be with Matt Dillon.
1: <laughs> I love that anybody who agrees with me is one of my Burner accounts. A- yes! Sony of course! Yeah, of course The alarm went
0: off on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but
1: they've yet to
0: deny it when they've <laughs> been accused, Sonny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sean Dehan, if I- wait, 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 oh, sorry. I think I want to say, if you are not a Sonny Burner account, you need to send us some sort of proof: driver's license, sign, something, <laughs> something.
1: License. What are they renting a car? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very important to know who's who. That's yeah. right. I think <laughs> they're not denying it because they like me getting blamed for all this shit. That's
0: or, true. or it's, or it's your, 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 uh, your follower Tony, who loves, who just absolutely loves when I say that. You, he follows you. He <laughs> loves when he hears that, huh? Oh my god, I've never seen Angry uh, Tony Angry Tony Yeah, he was a little upset I was like, oh stop it Just because you're Sonny's puppet he always, <laughs> yeah. I'm my own man <laughs> Yeah, you would have thought I fucking insulted his family But holy shit Yeah
2: Sean DeHaan, if one was to listen to Mother Love Bone's entire body of recorded work, I don't think they should re- be referred to as a grunge band. That's true. Had Wood lived, they easily could have been as big as G&R. Easily. And Andrew Wood is a big Kiss fan to boot. Oh, and then our buddy Steve Warsap. Is this our punishment for being on Santa's naughty list? <laughs> 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 Oh god, Troy Candy, one of my favorite soundtrack albums of all time. So many incredible songs, full of my favorite ever artists and the first ever solo Chris Cornell tune ever released. Damn, this one can't be beat. Then we had then we had AJK just give us the puke emoji seven times as his response. Alessandro Rourke again, dudes. This is why I love this podcast. Great choice. I wish Mark Lanigan and the Screaming Trees received more credit for the sound of that era. Cheers. So that's some Twitter stuff, uh Zeus. We got some Facebook. We do,
0: huh? It's very you nice. do, huh? Why don't you do some Facebook? <laughs> We're very proud of you. Before we get to Facebook, we did have something on uh, our uh, YouTube, YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Go uh, ahead Neil with that. Hansen gave us his list uh, on there, and he had Chloe Dancer as number one and uh may this be love number uh, 13 so i thought Let's- i'd just share that with you yeah can uh, he send go- a
1: picture of his driver's license
0: no he agrees with us
1: no he agrees with us
0: yeah so that's definitely not you He had chloe dancer number 1 and there and there are times when you're when you um your burner accounts try to throw us off right? we, we know
2: no oh, we have we, we've cra- we've cra- we've cracked the code
0: yeah there, there's, there's, We've figured it out
2: Like when you comment on Van Halen You're like I love David Lee Roth A poony burner account
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Along with 50% of the United so,
2: States
0: So if they disagree with you Then it's you pretending it's not you
1: But if they agree the with it. you and praise you Then it's definitely you too And if they agree with me Then it's definitely me
0: Yeah exactly Pretty <laughs> much anything that references you Is just a burner account Yeah <laughs> But they all are <laughs> Alright so <laughs> Any relations to Mike Grosso I don't know Jake Grosso on Facebook says No Nirvana Yeah we talked about that during the a, episode. I agree <laughs> And then Ross Ramirez says Touch me I'm dick Sean Hammond I've been listening to this album since last night I wanted to go into your show prepared. I love all the grunge stuff, but uh, but how fucking great is early Soundgarden in Pearl Jam? So great, Jack Pinocchio. <laughs>
3: me even that shadow sen de be şey olaysı la be şem banadena çek kim la 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 be şeyvette battalar We gumba no galamara edecek
0: Just catching up on the latest episodes I'm on holidays This was an interesting review I've never seen this movie Or heard the album After listening to this album I felt I need to take a shower Because I felt as I was in a dingy basement Listening to a bunch of up and coming grunge musicians Mixed with body odor (laughs) Ha ha I'm not a grunge fan But as always I knew nothing from this I'm keen To see the movie now, but just like Z, Bridget Fonda to me, top five sexiest women in Hollywood.
1: Wow. You don't watch enough movies. (laughs)
0: That
2: that's a ballsy statement right there. She is fucking hot though. She's got that beautiful smile. Oh, go and watch Jackie Brown and tell me that
1: Bridget Fonda ain't hot. I love that movie and she's not. Oh. Jackie (laughs) Brown is harder. Oh (laughs) disgusting. She (laughs) Jackie Brown (laughs) is hot. Pam
0: Greer smoke show She's got a little bit of a Fat ass in that movie But but, I don't look that Appetizing though I'm a little fat In the ass Anyways Finley Maya Best movie soundtrack Ever Mm. Our good friend and your favorite Comment from him too Steve Wright Enough grunge shit Please (laughs) He said, please. <laughs> That's true. He was polite. Oh, at, at one point, there's going to be at one point, he's going to touch that last nerve on Tom. And there's going to be a, a beat down. It's going to be Massachusetts versus Pennsylvania. And someone's going to get hurt. I'm going to come up
2: there and beat that fucking kid in front of you. <laughs> I I, I, lo- I love Steve too much to ever do that. I, I I just throw his shitty bands back in his face and then we're even. What do you what mean, my shitty bands? They're all negative. Yeah, who posted that on your typo negative? I know I this. Know. Dude, that's that's that band's got like a cult following. We ain't doing any bonus episodes on that
0: band. We're gonna get shot. What <laughs> I don't know, man. Daniel Peoples. I'll have to rewatch the movie. But as a 14 year old, Matt Dillon always seemed like a doofus in this. I don't believe him being this guy for a second. Yeah, but that's kind of the point of the role. <laughs> Ross Ramirez put the gift of the guy saying. I'm very, very,
2: (laughs) very lonely Lonely. (laughs) from the video dating. That's awesome.
0: Sean Hammond, Apple Music doesn't have the full record. I assume due to the album rights. Is it on
1: YouTube? Yeah, he's right. Apple Music does not have it. They don't have overblown. Neither (coughs) do Spotify. You have to find the songs where they kind of go. I had to listen to some of them on YouTube before I got the CD. Yeah,
2: I tried to do that. I tried to create my own single soundtrack by making like a but they, but they they have mud honey music they don't have overblown on the soundtrack or on their own discography for some reason i don't know daniel solace
0: good movie great soundtrack which i think is a pretty good way to explain it right there you go uh brad rusthoven great episode i think i'll send my full comments via email this time so sunny Pooney has to read them during the next bonus episode <laughs> wink wink tony franceski long live grunge yeah steven stacy bad Motorfinger is one of my all-time favorites now birth ritual sounds like chris cornell is given birth
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of sean mcnear pick of our recent draft too yeah that's right interesting by
0: the way yes if anybody wanted to see it's still out there on youtube um it's on our episodes we uh Put that out there as a live cast. We did a uh, bonus episode uh, draft of all the songs of the twelve albums we reviewed so far, not including this one we're doing today, obviously. <laughs> but we did that, and you're right. Birth Ritual went first, and I think. Then Jar of flies, and I didn't get to take my best songs because you fucking assholes ruined <laughs> it for me. The draft rules, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Sean McNair, keep on reviewing grunge albums. That will make the Carnival Souls review go down easier. Oh, <laughs> watch it. <laughs> and then Sonny wrote, My Xmas gift to all of you. Thanks, Sonny. You're you're welcome. You're and then uh, Tom replied with the gift of Bridget Fonda strutting in her bathroom.
4: Oh, yeah. She Hell looks like Sonny.
0: a man, baby. <laughs> and then Sonny replies with, Meh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then someone replies with Jackie Brown. And then Sonny replies with, meh. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. And then someone wrote, what a gift. 30 minutes in, and I'm dying laughing. Bridget Fonda looks like a character from Doonesbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I don't, I don't even know what Doonesbury is. Isn't that a cartoon? It's an old yeah, comic, it's like a yeah. stick figure cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And I'm brutal. the one who's old fashioned. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's brutal. Matt Weller's dick, who's
2: all of a sudden <laughs> coming out of li- nowhere. I'm trying. Uh, we still, we still, real or not? We still haven't confer- we he, he's going to have to provide some kind of proof of documentation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. social <laughs> driver's security, driver's license, passport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I tell all my clients for the hearings, I need make sure you bring your driver's license, social security card. Yeah, okay. we're gonna
2: need that because I don't want. I feel bad because now we're like kind of insulting his name. but that might be his real name, <laughs>
0: Weller's Dick. Anyway, listening to the episode right now, I have a couple copies of the soundtrack, but I've never seen the movie, and I don't care to. I must say, Bridget Fonda is a complete smoke show, though. <laughs> Always had a thing for her. <laughs> if her you account. like her, check out the movie Point of No Return from nineteen
3: ninety
0: three. I've seen Sweet. it. Before. Yep. Uh, yeah show there too it features a couple of jane's addiction posters in the background Oh yeah, trust nice. me she'll make your bone hard <coughs> that being said i do enjoy most of the soundtrack thanks for the visual but um yeah god rick Rera never even heard of this should be interesting that 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 is that is stunning to
2: me although you, you have to admit i mean if, if you didn't if, if you weren't into grunge when this came out, it did fly under the radar. Because the movie wasn't a big hit. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, think about it. You can be 30 to 33 years old, and this would have never hit your radar because you were four or five years old when it came out. Right. And like
2: Zoo said, the movie, it's not like an iconic movie that people with us where it kind of passes through the generations.
0: So Yeah, because we have a ton of 30-year-olds listening to us. Well, maybe we do if they won if you're uh, 30 please show proof of identification
2: we're gonna create new shouted out loudcast listener id cards
1: yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the group. The only, the yeah don't worry about that you're that. sending your personal information to two idiots you'd never met before don't yeah. worry about that part don't talk about yourself and zeus like that two idiots yeah. chuck hoskins
0: <laughs> what the fuck oh. i'd rather be jewish Get a grunge Christmas gift. <laughs> wow. No thanks. wow. So no thanks. Still love you guys. Will there be episodes next two weeks due to the holidays? Just curious.
2: Well, yes, there was. So, God, <laughs> let's not bring religion into the show, for God's sakes.
0: <laughs> we already had enough of that from the Carrie interview last time. Oh, Ooh. God. David it. I love this amazing soundtrack. Oh, David loves grunge. He loves yeah. grunge. All right, here comes some negativity. <laughs> Kevin Jepson. Oh. So, first off, never seen the movie. Don't have the soundtrack, but I enjoyed what I heard and will probably go buy it. From what I heard, I would say Wood, Birth Ritual, Chloe Dancer. How have I never heard of this? Damn, I only got into grunge after Corbain killed himself. Sorry, but I always love Alice in Soundgarden. Good stuff, guys. I nice. didn't see that coming from Kevin Me neither Nice. Wow. Misty Grove, great soundtrack and movie Adam Nickmeyer There was no grass to mow But still managed to find some time To squeeze this in this pod ded- Dedicated to the grunge garbage Ooh. Much to my surprise There were several non-grunge Songs that were actually decent The Westenberg songs Were toe-tapping fun Dude, that, uh, that, get the Murph Burner account. Toe tapping fun?
2: That might be a Murph Burner account. Uh,
0: And the Cornell song sounded like the fourth best song of a Judas Priest album.
2: Actually, you know how I, you know how you can confirm that that might be a Murph Burner account? A, the toe tapping comment. And B, Murph always listens while cutting the grass. And he made a (laughs) comment about mowing the lawn.
0: That would make it the best of a grunge compilation. Of course, the best songs on an album of grunge. Is the worst song in the Zeppelin catalog The Wilson sisters and Jimmy Remind us Seattle wasn't always trash Good podcast But please have a new year's resolution To go full on metal Hard rock for 2021 Well you never know We're starting it off with one so Yeah uh, that resolution's already been broken Because wait till you see our next Picks individual Anyway (laughs) Darren Hunt I knew I would love this episode because This is a great fucking album I agree It's just so-so movie But what a great soundtrack Maybe my top soundtrack My two personal favorites are State of Love and Trust My favorite is Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns One of the best songs of the decade I may have misunderstood what was said But the CD, COT are both on shine Anthony Baroni The best soundtrack
2: Uh, before we move on to emails, I actually got a Facebook DM that I'd like to read from our good friend Craig Moran. Ooh. Your latest bonus episode for the single soundtrack was awesome. When this came out, I had just finished my freshman year in college. And he says, Go JMU. So I'm assuming James Madison University. To this day, I've never seen the movie, but I fully embraced a lot of the bands on the album. Allison Chains and Songgarden were and are my favorites from the 90s Seattle scene. You guys are right. You guys are right how this album existed on its own merit. The movie being more of a side note than the original reason for the album's existence. Birth ritual is my all time favorite Soundgarden song. And is absolutely the best song on this album. Normally I'm in Tom and Zeus's camp when it comes to the debates with Sonny. However, for the first time I'm siding with Sonny, the mother love bone song on this album is an unlistenable piece of crap. (laughs) Andrew woods. Vocals are absolutely brutal. It's like he was making up the lyrics on the fly while recording the song. I hate his phrasing. Wow. I can certainly appreciate your refer- your reverence for grunge music. However, respectfully, the way that the two of you go out of your way to separate super unknown jar of flies in this album as grunge does them all a disservice. They're just great rock records, period. I'm really hoping Sonny pulls out the first Badlands episode as an upcoming bonus. I'd love to hear Tommy and Zeus's opinions on that one. Happy New Year, guys. Keep up the great work. I look forward to these episodes every month. Thank you, Craig. And, yeah, I know people get upset with the grunge thing, just like some people get upset with the hair metal thing, which we will talk about this episode. Um, and as far as Badlands, I'll just I'll just spoiler alert right now. Any band that has a member of the Kiss family tree is going to be included on our Kiss show, Shout It Out loudcast. So you'll eventually hear a Badlands review.
1: So that's that. Uh, Sonny, you got some emails? <clears throat> yeah. So the first one's uh, Doug Middleton. It's titled Three Hours Question Mark. Do you know that the last two episodes are longer in length than the last two Super Bowls? And they're better than the last two Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> the screaming trees absolutely rule. Sonny is stupid for not liking grunge. Fuck you. But I have to agree that Fonda has a young boy's body. Thank you. Oh, Great Jesus. episode. <laughs> Man. Jerry Blackwell. This one's titled "Get This Guy His Money Back." Somebody get Hollywood his three bucks back and send him a fifty dollar gift card for his troubles. <laughs> album is not good. Three songs are great, and the rest is what we would call a dumpster fire. Oh. And Fonda is not sexy. I've never agreed with Sunny as much as I do on this episode. Normally, he's way off. Not this time. There you go. So, Jer- so Jerry Blackwell is a Sunny Poony yeah, Burger of Okay. All right. Uh, Save rock and metal, which supposedly is me too. Uh, Please send your passport. Uh, (laughs) Singles. Uh, Yes, it's true. It's fun being single. Okay, that's been a long time for me. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, I'm visit Sony. I don't know what that means. Uh, If you're if you're going to put the hole, oh, he must agree with me. If you're going to be a petite woman like Bridget, then you better have huge boobies. So we know for sure you're a woman. <laughs> Women should have curves. Perfect size is 150 pounds with 35 pounds of boobies and booty. I agree. This hundred, be me. 150 pounds, dude. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> that woman, we'll see. woman has got a wonderful little muffin ass.
2: <laughs> she, 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 she told me she looked like Janet Jackson. She came out of that car looking more like Freddie Jackson. <laughs>
1: Uh, best song on the soundtrack is Birth Lich World, we'll Keep Up, the it's Outstanding Work, hands down the best podcast out there. Thank you. And then Teddy Barnes said, Singles, why? <laughs> I'll start by saying I'm not the most, uh, I've never been the most likely a huge fan of grunge or alternative rock. Okay. That being said, this album didn't make it any better. Wow. <laughs> I try to full album, listen every time you three idiots review something just to give it a chance. I want my 193 minutes back. Album isn't that long, but that's how long it took me to get over the fact that I had to listen to it. You Cheers don't have to the d- new year. Hey, thank
2: you for listening. Thank you for the comments. No one's making you do shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said
1: best podcast in the land.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you for that then. So one last email, we'll save this. Cause this is from our buddy Murph who shares his love and nostalgia with me and Zeus on this. Cause we were all at Stonehill college together. Gents, without question, my favorite album review thus far. While Alice in Chains' Jar of Flies represented a time and place that was covered in detail, this album started getting serious play upon our return to college sophomore year and was in steady rotation till graduation. I always liked how some kids with substandard subwoofers were exposed when the beginning of wood was being played. Good point. What was great about this album is that it not only gave us some new songs from bands that recently arrived on the scene, like Pearl Jam, but had other artists that prompted us to explore their catalogs, such as Paul Westerberg, and Tommy's eventual purchase of 14 Songs, his solo album, which is great. Even the selection of Hendrix's song, an artist I can appreciate but never was a huge fan, was a pleasant surprise. Soundtracks like this, when done right, represent the poo-poo platter of a specific era, and this album does it extremely well. Other examples: Saturday Night Fever, Purple Rain, and yes, Footloose. One final note: while I thought Zeus and Tom almost brought Sonny over to the grunge team. His overall comments of the album have me convinced that if he went to Stonehill, he would have been playing Poison's greatest hits, stuffing a sock in front of his gerbos and hanging out on the weekend. At And then he references a dorm room where all like the fancy boys used to live. (laughs) And then he ranks. Now, this is a shocker. He ranks waiting for somebody as his number one song on the album. State of love and trust, then would Nearly Lost You, Chloe Dancer, Dyslexic Heart, Season's Breath, May This Be Loved, Drowned, Birth Witcher, will Evermore, and Overblown as Last. We love you, Murph. Thanks for sharing. Great email, great email. Uh, so I think that's all the feedback for uh, for singles. That was a lot of stuff. Did
0: he say they were from Casino?
2: Yes, he did. I didn't read that because no one would get that, but it's me and you, but yeah.
0: I'm just, that was, I'm just that, curious. That, that,
2: that, that was the fancy boy dorm room. We were friends with those guys, but... You a know. bunch of Batty boys. Yeah, they, 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 were, they were the fancy pants guys. But Sonny, Sonny wouldn't. Bid it. They, the casino guys weren't listening to Poison. Sonny would have been hanging out with us.
1: Yeah, I, w- I didn't really listen to Poison that much. After that first album, I was done with Poison. Nobody listens to Poison. Nobody <laughs> should listen to Poison.
2: <laughs> but That's a separate thing. Maybe we'll get to a Poison. I like BBD's <laughs> Poison. poison. <laughs> it, it, that's better. Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison is better than anything Poison ever did.
0: Yeah. I thought it was me. next coming up next motown philly (laughs) talking about videos of people taking dumps in the middle of the video (laughs) big booty ass over there (laughs) never trust a big button a smile tom
2: hey my son is in high school he's a 16 year old boy i told him i said listen to these words never trust a big button a smile remember Mike, Mike Brady had his way of giving his son's lessons. Those are my lessons to my boy. Never trust a big
0: button to smile. Wherever you go, there you are. Exactly.
1: Now, has he heard Do Me by BBD or no? Not
2: yet. No, probably on his own, maybe, but not through me. How about uh, Freak Me by Silk? No. Oh, that's a great song.
0: Freak (laughs) Me, baby. Freak (laughs) Me.
2: Oh, Keith Sweat. (laughs) Coming up next month, the New Jack Swing bonus review. I'm going to be doing Tony, the Tony Tone. I'm going to be doing Ralph Tress fans coming <laughs> up. I love Tony, Tony, Tony. So do I.
0: <laughs> it feels Keith good. Teeth sweat look like a combination of like fucking Eric Dickinson and fucking and Lionel Richie in his fucking 80s face and Kendrick Perkins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everybody, shut it off now. Everybody wants to shut it yeah. off right now. Anyway, yeah. let's get down. Let's get down. I get...
2: think the only thing that has people hanging on right now is that we are eventually going to get to a Tesla album.
1: <laughs> it also looks like
0: the fucking photo. the <laughs> oh, <laughs> <players> from Techmo. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, they show they show the
2: picture like Barry Sanders under the yeah. Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the funny thing about all this is that I really liked Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat. I can't believe um, so far. The reference of the day is Sonny with freak me by silk.
0: Sonny <laughs> was definitely into like Stevie B and shit I like love that. that. stuff. Oh, spring love. <laughs> come back to me. Potty your body.
1: <laughs> you got to remember that was all the stuff on the radio that was, you know, the women loved it. So Ugh. you play that stuff in the background and you get nasty. Oh, oh sunny, growing it's up where like,
2: we
0: did it's sound up. like raw <laughs> women <laughs> love that shit. <laughs> you gotta have a J O B if you wanna <laughs> be with me. <laughs> you ain't got no money, ain't got no pussy. <laughs> 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 What's going on, baby? The rent motherfucker. <laughs> you got a job They get the fuck out of my face. <laughs>
2: Dude, grow, Sonny, growing up in the greater Boston area, man, that shit was huge. People were oh, dressing God. like that and all that. That oh, whole man. genre of music was crazy. He
0: was hanging out at Tello's, Chess King with oh. Heavy Mayo, pegging peg my <laughs> pants with Heavy
2: Mayo with his Nike Cortez that he still wears today. His <laughs> fucking Pumas and his Chobo fucking pants. Oh, his his, yes, Gene. Z Cavaricci's rocking there. Oh, man. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> we, we're going to do an album. And we're always talking about why the fuck are our episodes like three hours? Because <laughs> we spent 20 minutes talking about Silk. <laughs>
0: breaking down Keith Sweat's appearance. <laughs> all right.
1: Oh, God.
0: All right. So, group pick. We decided on Tesla. I, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I would think and assume that we're all fans of this album. I know when I came into it, uh, I'm not sure about Tom because they came out when we didn't even know each other yet, but Sonny, let's hear from you first. Tesla.
1: Yeah, so, spoiler, I guess, Desert Island album for me, no doubt. I I was given some shit in the text group yesterday just to throw them off a little bit, but, uh, you know, these guys are a Sacramento band, so... There wasn't a ton of early buzz uh, in my high school because this this came out in my senior year because uh, I was going to high school in the Bay. So there's a little bit of competition between what happens in Sacramento and the Bay. It's not as probably drastic as a L.A. San Francisco thing, but it's definitely there. How
0: far is that for you, like these this area for you to like to go to see these type of bands when you growing up?
1: Uh, hour 10.
0: So okay. it was like us sometimes driving to Worcester sounds like dumb. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Growing up. Yeah, concerts yeah makes sense um now 86 so i get my driver's license when i graduated from high school and one of the things i used to do just to get the hell out of the house because i hadn't moved out yet and hated living at the parents house so i would just drive around and go to like old record stores right trying to find like music i l- liked i l- loved import stuff that kind of stuff and i r- distinctly remember i go to this record store for the first time in san Ramon, california it's this hole in the wall place i walk in and there's this music playing. I'm like, I've never heard that before. And, uh, I remember asking the guy, I'm like, who's this, right? Because how else are you going to know? There's no Shazam, right? It's 1987, mm. right? And, uh, the guy goes, uh, some stoner dude. It's like, uh, you hear that, uh, that movie or that uh, MTV video called Modern Day Cowboy? I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. Well, this is a song called Coming At You Live from the same album. And I like, okay, thanks, dude. <laughs> and, uh, I went and bought the, bought the cassette 35 year relationship with this album, right? way different than the 35 day relationship I had with singles, right? This is, (laughs) I mean, this is, this is serious shit here. And by the way, when CDs came out, this was the first CD I ever bought. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So for me, um, this album came out,
2: we were in the, in the seventh grade and we've, we've mentioned this before on some of the bonus episodes that we've done here, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, slide it in or pyromania or whatever. So I have a sister that's four years older than me that was into, you know, hard rock, teetered a little bit of, of heavy metal, but mostly hard rock hair metal. Um, So that's how I was exposed to this, to this album. And I'll say, I'll say it right off the bat. Like Sonny a 35 year relationship with this band, other than kiss, I think I may have seen Tesla live the most other than kiss. It's just a band. There are certain bands out there, and I think we can all relate where you just like the sound of the band. Whatever they do, you're going to enjoy it because you just like what they make. And when I heard this particular album, um, I was into you know uh, the, the I was into the hair metal scene, but I was also also listened to you know still some Kiss was in the rotation, but you know big into the into the Motley Crew, a little bit of Aussie, a little bit of Judas Priest, but it was mostly the hair stuff and when i heard this it it, it kind of hit that spot between hard rock but not hair metal you know it wasn't poison but it wasn't metallica because the music was raw it was aggressive it wasn't shiny and polished like some of the like hysteria which i know hadn't come out yet but by like poison or some war and things like that um And the songs, and we're going to get into it. You know, I I can't wait to do this review. The songs were just just stood out as as very unique and not cookie cutter. And, you know, I can't believe it's been this long for us to pick mechanical resonance. I think the reason it took so long was that we had discussed in the past about, you know, oh, I think I'm going to take mechanical resonance for my individual pick. And we were all like, no, 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 wait, wait. That's a group pick. We all love this album. Let's save it. Um, And we're here. And I just, I can't wait to get into it. Zeus,
0: Tesla. So Tesla, at this stage In my life, I am A teenager, I love all this music If a band came out I wanted to feel, I felt like I'm buying somebody's rookie card I had to hear about it, I went and bought it So I remember when Modern Day Cowboy debuted I remember seeing it On MTV Boom, I went out and bought this So I'm like you, day one I bought the album, 35 years With this Uh I can tell you, I remember when I didn't really buy rock shirts I hadn't gone to concerts yet at this point in my life I think I was in junior high at this point, right? 86, yeah, I was in junior high So, But I did have a Tesla Mechanical Resonance t-shirt nice. I don't know how I got it, but I had it And I didn't have any anybody else really back then Except for I think a couple Kiss So I, I loved this album uh, I felt like this was something that was like, you know, when you, when uh, starting to get the the critics and people and everybody giving shit about the looks of the, some of the bands we were listening to the Cinderella's and stuff that were kind of like glammy look and stuff. These guys like, wow, they're just like in jeans and like the bass player is kind of fat. And this guy is kind of weird looking or whatever. Like it wasn't like a pretty boy band. And I like them and I was like This is fucking different I It's funny because we'll Talk about this about the I have Different opinions of what I hear When I hear their music but When you put it all together There's really nobody that sounds like These guys and They have their own little distinct sound But when you heard this and you Heard this band you heard this like This is Tesla but you can hear So many different bands that we all Like in this And they take it all together and come up with this incredible album for a debut. I'll I'll talk about it. I'll get into specifics later. But, yeah, I was in in love with this from day one. Yeah,
2: and I think the thing that's, you know, since we're kind of talking about some overall thoughts and feelings on Tesla in that time, I think the thing that's interesting about this, and we, we talked about it, that, you know, this is a debut album and for me it's a really unique debut album it's 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 an ambitious debut album because the none of these songs are really maybe tailor made for the radio i mean there there are there are there are hit worthy songs on I mean, it hey, we're going to get into them. i mean the whole album for me is hit worthy you know we talk about martin day cowboy but it, it's just you know lyrically thematically production wise it just stands out on its own and we, I'm sure the three of us have talked about it and our, our other friends have talked about it. W- when you love a band, you take a lot of w- what that band does like personal, you know, and and for me, we've always talked about how it's just, it it just, how this band never broke huge. You know, they never were Def Leppard. They were never Dokken or the Scorpions or Rat or Motley crew. They always kind of were that next level or even maybe that third level of those bands. But I think that's why it's like they're like the underdog band. And that's why one of the reasons why I love them, obviously, the music. And when you're talking about debut albums, and I'll just say this, and I'm sure, you know, it might be a comment we would get to. If you're talking about three album runs, maybe one of the greatest three album runs, I think, for me, between Mechanical Resonance, Great Radio Controversy, and Psychotic Supper. Psychotic Supper is definitely not the same tier as those two but i think in terms of a three album run and you know they're still making records today i will say this just for the record their new album shock yikes not good <laughs> but that's what happens when you have def leopard trying to you know phil and producing your music just don't do that but yeah but uh, this is a band for me jeff keith's vocals are very unique you know i feel like this is what aerosmith could have sounded like if they decided not to be a bunch of pussies during the '80s with those horrible albums they put out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get a grip and pump and permanent vacation. All that stuff is they just not good. That's just me. But yeah, it's a ballsy album lyrically, production wise. It's 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 a aggra- it's aggressive. It's thick. It's heavy. And it just sticks out as just one of the greats of that era.
0: 617-555-0850 <laughs> I was just
2: going to say that
0: Yeah I, I mean again there's a lot of Superlatives and things we can say and in Describing it I think The music when we start playing some of The songs we'll get Be able to bring up a lot of those opinions Let's um let's talk About what we normally talk about first and that's The album cover uh, The album looks like a Kind of like a globe it's got Some lightning bolts it's got the Tesla logo in the middle and it's got mechanical resonance all around it and uh you know the earth behind
1: it i don't know what do you guys think man the colors absolutely pop they're the front album so um you guys don't know this but in my uh, work office i put up um album jackets And, you know, it's at work, so they got to be appropriate. Some of these album jackets aren't super appropriate, right? And I try to pick album covers that pop a lot of color. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, this is one of the ones I have up in my office, but, uh, I've always loved this album cover. I think it's interesting. I don't know if you noticed like the plus minus plus minus. So they're kind Mm -hmm. of playing up the electrical current thing. And then I don't know if you also noticed, but the C's because the C's are the only letters that repeat are different. Mm Mm-hmm. So they start going with different ones, got like a, almost a lightning bolt thing. And then there's a regular C and then there's like a little thingy on the bottom. That must be something about electrical current. I don't know, but, uh, I, I love the album. cover. Right? I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Sonny, it's, I never noticed the plus minus. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
2: No, Oh, worries. yep. No, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's eye catching. Um, and the, and, and the thing that, that the thing that I like about it too you know, we'll get to the back cover. They're they're not on the front cover. They 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 announce their arrival by putting a very colorful, powerful graphical uh, image. You know, it's got yeah, it's got their logo. It's got the globe. It's got all the electrical currents. It's got the globe, the swirly colors of the globe. Um, I think it's I think it's it's just awesome. I think it's eye catching. I think it's ballsy, and I think it's kind of symbolic of what you're about to hear when you listen to the album. So
0: that's the album cover
2: that's the front cover, make a couple comments on the back cover too. Go ahead. This is where the eighties scene kind of comes in. And I'm glad this is the back cover and not the front cover, but again, it's 86, it's, you know, it's got them kind of lying around. They're all in their jeans and they're kind of leather and stuff. They don't look, they don't look bad. I mean, they don't, they, you know, it's sure as shit. They don't look like poison or anything. And then there's more kind of electrical kind of symbols all along the side, got the track listing. Um, and it's got some kind of electrical swirls following them. And it's interesting too, Sonny, I have the vinyl and I know you were holding up the vinyl as well. And uh, inside on the, on the the sleeve of the record jacket uh, inside, there's a little bit of a story about the band and the very last paragraph says Nick Egan, who was the art, the art designer for, for their album cover. He said, they said, Nick Egan came by the studio, ranting and raving about electricity. One night, the next thing we knew this Englishman had us standing still for hours at a time with millions of volts circling around us with a photographer named Dean, this became our album cover. We hope it does Nikola Tesla proud. So that's kind of a story there. Um, so yeah, awesome album cover. Very, very cool, I think.
1: Yeah, the back's interesting because uh, <laughs> Frank is almost a cowboy. Like the big belt buckle. Mm-hmm. Like he's almost playing cowboy there. Which um, I love. Uh, Tommy's is the punk rocker, rocker guy of this band. So he's yep. the one who's bringing the rock anyway. Mm-hmm. Those 12 symbols on the side, right? I, I don't know what the symbols mean, like you said, but there's 12 songs. So does that mean each one of these symbols correspond with a song? Like, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. But, uh, I, and I never got any explanation. Like, I haven't seen anything on this album cover of what it means. So, I, yeah. And then I don't think his guitar is, you didn't say it, but I don't think his guitar is pink. I think it's white and like maybe the light shining off on it. I think yeah I did, I don't I don't think it's pink either. It looks I mean your
2: eyes tell you it's pink, but I think that's more of like the swirl effect, a reflection. I'm not sure it could be pink. There's really way to tell.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean well, it looks pink. Yeah, it looks pink, but well, I don't know if it's that's not the pink
0: because Brian is not wearing pink boots. That's oh, right.
2: the that's also a good point too, Zeus. He's he you know all all these guys are wearing. Yeah, he's not wearing pink boots, but also. Tommy with the guitar. He's wearing, you know, a, a, a jean vest with a white t-shirt and jeans. It doesn't you wouldn't think of a guy like that holding a pink guitar. He's not Vinnie Vincent, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? So, thank God. <laughs> right, right. So,
1: and why weren't these guys on the front cover? Because as a whole, these are not what you would call handsome men.
0: <laughs> I, you you're that's absolutely true, but I but but, but I but I think it's oof. I think have I think, you seen Excuse me, I oh, have God. to make this comment.
2: Dude, we're gonna get to it, but go ahead now. We'll have, get you to it now. have you Fox? seen Britney <laughs>
0: Fox? Jeff these days.
2: God oh. love Jeff Keith. He literally. Lo- I told you he looks like the creeper from Creep Show. <laughs> like, like if I looked out my window and saw Jeff Keith, I would be terrified. Like <laughs> it's more know. like Meth Keith. He yeah. looks <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, he's he, the oldest he's, guy in the band. He just. Dude, unless he's 150, Dang. then he should not he's, look. He's in his yeah,
1: early 60s. He ain't 150 yeah.
0: fucking pounds. He's no. like, he's all like sagging bones are popping out of his cheeks and shit. He just. He, looked, he was looking rough.
2: <laughs> now, Frank Hannon is who I love. And we'll get to Frank Hannon as we talk about this album. He, he's 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 gotten a little puffy, but he kind of he's kind of embracing the badassery look, the beard, the long hair. You know, he's kind of embraced
1: that look of he like
0: he's look like the love child of Jimmy Page and Robert Plant.
1: Uh, yeah, he's not, straight up hippie, too. He Exactly. Oh, music. And he loves wicked. a hippie look. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, this, yeah. is another re- this is another reason why I'm glad we have Sunny on here. For because I know that this is your band and you're from this area, so you you may have even extra insight into a lot of what we're going to be talking about, which is great.
0: So, yeah. What about the the rest? Hey, Tommy looks like a the, a regular rocker, just doesn't yeah. dress the part. Yep. Uh, the drummer just Troy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that mullet back then—that is a hockey haircut, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, he looks like an remember. extra.
1: Go ahead, he's sonny. coming from the Eric Martin band, so yeah. they were trying to be almost a rock boy band when he joined this place. So true, his th- his look is transitioning into rocker.
0: And, and they were talking about what do you call it? the The guy from uh, Britney Fox, picket teeth. <laughs> uh, I'm oh. sorry this this poor drama. He's got he looked like looked like a uh, freaking the White House picket fence going around those teeth.
2: That's why he's the. That's why he's sitting behind a drum kit.
1: Bugs bunny they have. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Now I don't know if you know this, but you know um the drummer has a connection to Kiss. Did you know go, this? Go ahead, tell us. He is Scott Van Zen's cousin. Okay. Do you who know is? Who is Scott Van Zen? I do okay. not. He wrote he co-wrote Spit. He co-wrote Hate. Oh. He, he co-wrote that dumpster fire called In My Head. Ooh. He co-wrote that dumpster fire called Suggestion of the Innocent. Yeah, that's They're a cousin fire. Okay, okay. All, right. all right, good kiss tie And I like that, I like
0: that Very Thank nice. you Sonny for the kiss comment of the week All right. Um, and uh, you know And, and no offense Because none of us here Well, maybe Tommy are, are what you would call svelte um, yeah. Well <laughs> But he was like literally the first guy That I would say would be chubby In what was considered back then Even though they're not, and we'll get into it uh, Hair metal, he was like the first Kind of pudgy guy, he's not really fat but he was the real first pudgy guy in a band like that. I remembered Mm. it. And people were making a big deal about it and reading like in magazines back then they'd be talking about his weight, like, like treating him like, like women
1: get treated about their bodies and stuff. I remember the shit he used to get. Yep. There's something about that though, for guys, you know, like me, I've always been a big guy. It makes it seem like rock stardom is doable. Like just like, you know, John Daly playing golf, right? If a fat guy can hit the ball, hell, I can go hit the ball, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's just something about a realism that comes when somebody who maybe isn't the cookie cutter model, handsome, blah, blah, blah person that's doing something that you've always wanted to do. So I, I think it's cool that Brian got to do it. Exactly. And I, and I think you Michael make Anthony I think- was probably like that too, right? I mean, similar.
2: Yeah. And I think you make up a a, a great point too. And another reason why Tesla is kind of so unique is that they didn't look like poison. They didn't look like Motley Crue. They didn't even, they didn't look like Van Halen. They were, they looked like guys that you would maybe see at the, at the bar shooting pool and hanging out, having beers. Like they, they weren't, they weren't, you know, they didn't wear makeup. They weren't, they
0: weren't posing for the chicks. Exactly. Yeah. This wasn't Kip winger. Okay. You know, individual members didn't have their individual posters of them not with an instrument, just like, right. ooh, smolder yep. look. You yep. know, they weren't doing shit like that. They were yep. more about their music as well. You know, and it brought a different image. But they're the type of band where things started to change, in my opinion. They were kind of doing it. You weren't seeing, like, fuck it. I know they're like the poster child of everything we're talking against. Poison. Doing five-man acoustic jam. And all of a sudden now getting credibility. We're, I mean, if we really, you know, I know we haven't started yet, but these songs, they're, they're not fucking uh, look what the cat dragged in. No, they're not. I like that no. song. It's not a matter about the song. It's about the fucking content that's in there. Never mind the, the lyrics. They weren't showing that image. They weren't acting like that. They weren't uh, I, portraying I, an image of this stuff. And it wasn't like they were like trying to be like we're different. Look at us. This is our image. Our image is that we're not that image. They were just themselves. And I think you I think that's a great point because I think that's one of the reasons
2: that contributed to the, contributed to them flying under the radar in terms of mass appeal. Because they didn't do any of those things that we just talked about. They didn't write talk dirty to me. They didn't, they didn't sing about the devil. They didn't sing about, you know, fuck me, suck me type of songs. They weren't handsome 10, looking. 10,000 lovers in one. Exactly. And and that's a a TNT reference.
1: How dare you?
2: But at that time in Thank 86, you. a lot of that stuff was going on. So these guys, I think people are like, oh, okay, this band's a hard rock band, but they're not Metallica, but they're also not like Warren. Which, so what do, what do
0: we do here with this band? Exactly. Which makes it all the more of a shame that they got lumped in and got kicked out when grunge came in. There's no reason for this band to have gone away. So what was funny about it is I remember hearing some of their songs later on when this music still hasn't made its comeback that it has now, like the hair metal stuff and things like that. And I remember seeing them and I remember thinking to myself, this band has no idea how like irrelevant this music is right now, or that this style went away. They were, like, fucking still doing their thing, happy, singing, getting into their music. Like, they're not like, oh, shit, yeah, we got to change our image. We got to seem like we're more credible. Or we got to talk, like, more serious. Like, they were like, we're us. Oh, I don't know. The music scenery changed or the, you know, the attitudes changed. I don't give a fuck. This is how we do our shit. And they were cool with it. And they've never changed. And if you go and I'll, and, talked to, and I'll talk about it later in the videos, you look at all their videos. This album seems like it was made by five guys that were normal guys that got along, didn't have big fucking egos, enjoyed each other's company, and just liked making cool music and have still seen that way.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, why aren't they so big? Here's just an opinion. Unless you're going to be a Van Halen or a Metallica and define a generation, basically, or define a genre of music, you have got to have a female bass. There is no way around it, especially for this kind of music, in the timing that it was. And they never really had that huge female bass. And then I get it. They shouldn't be lumped in with their hair metals. They shouldn't be this. They're better than Poison is, right? There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. But the Z's and easy come, easy go, and yep. the two and the four and too late for love, and the C U M come and coming at you live, and the L U V E. It's like, dude, you're not helping. Like, I, I'm not sure you deserve it. But come on, dude. Like, can you stay away from that stuff at least if you want to be serious about that? So, I can understand why they got lumped in. It's timing more than anything else. That's a great. It's a great point, and, and
2: all those references you made it to the, you know, the, oh, the song titles and stuff. Um, but I think, I think for, for, you know, for me, I, I mean, I feel better. And again, I, t- I take some of my favorite bands. I take personally, you, you get like a persecution complex when you're a fan of a band. I think the t- time has passed and we're not the only people that are saying, this there's a lot of rock music fans and Tesla fans that are on board with that. That I think they they made it through that gauntlet of hair metal era and came out to where they are now, still touring, still making records. I mean, I'll tell you right now, Sonny, I'm not sure what you think about. I know you 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 made a face when I mentioned Psychotic Supper, but Bust a Nut came out in '94. I think that album's okay. I know you're making a face. Um, I mean, even, even in the, uh, in, in the 2000, in the late 2000s, they put out forever more. I thought that was okay. Pretty good, but they never changed their style. They never tried to do like a carnival of souls grunge album, you know, but they've done some, they've done a lot of acoustic stuff. They've done a lot of cover stuff. So they've made it through it's 2021 and they're still around and they're still the band that we loved back in 86 when this album came out,
0: what you give could be my favorite song by them that is a fucking Mm -hmm. incredible song Mm -hmm. the musicianship everything all about it not many bands can pull that shit off in that era no nobody was kind of doing that stuff Mm -hmm. i fucking love that song but anyways we're talking about this one so anything else before we get into the tracks um no i just think it's interesting that
2: the (laughs) I'm glad they changed their name to Tesla, which is another thing that kind of stands out because people like, what the fuck is that? You know, I tried to explain to my son that Tesla is not named after the Elon Musk company because that never was a thing. They're named after Nikola Tesla, who I'm going to nerd out here for a minute. If you can give me about five seconds, his story is very, very interesting. He got fucked over. Exactly. And if you listen to the song Edison's medicine on psychotic supper, that's a cool story too. Tesla is a very, very interesting story. And it's, it, it's a shame that nobody knows the guy who the guy is. Not only do they call themselves Tesla, which it, they, their band used to be called city kid, which is terrible, but they also named their first album after like a, 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 an electrical experiment that, that Tesla was involved in. So, I mean, right off the bat, I know we keep, we keep shitting on like poison, but I'll, I'll shit on Bon Jovi for a minute. Yeah. They're not naming their album. Slippery when wet.
1: Or, you know what I mean? They also bounced around the name Hammer Lane, no, because that's a street in Stockton, California, between here and Sacramento. <laughs> and then they also they were also Earthshaker for a while, as a reference to Y and T. They're huge Y and T fans,
2: dude. Which, yeah, Y&T. I could see, I, I could see that. I'm waiting for Pooney to pull out a and T <laughs> album. I've given Sonny credit. I was never my, a big Y and fan, pull and pull out a
0: to- pile of shit too. Uh oh, uh oh. All right, hey, so we wa- hey, want to get. What was the last? Uh, what was the last name of the band though? Something, fucking like Captain Kid or something. What was it called? They used City to be City Kid. Kid. That was City the first Kid.
2: name. Yep, City that was City Kid, Kid, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you want to get into the, the you want to get into the facts, Zeus, and then we can roll right into the tracks.
3: Sure.
0: So, Mechanical Resonance released December eighth, nineteen eighty six. Produced by. Michael Barbiero And Steve Thompson uh, Recorded in Bearsville Studios I guess that's in uh, Bearsville New York It's uh, Geffen and I remember Buying like metal started getting A lot of uh, bands started getting on Geffen Around that time and I was like What mm-hmm. the fuck is Geffen Records But they're one that came out and I remember Drawing my eye I'm like oh, Geffen Records The album went platinum I'm surprised that's all it went Okay I don't
2: fucking know. <laughs> no, it's true. this This band does not have there's not a lot of history w- about. there's not th- this is not the most interesting backstory of this band. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Sonny grew up in the area, so he he Sonny himself probably has more information than than most people do. They're, they're not one
0: of those iconic bands with this unbelievable history, but no. But it's also like it's not like oh, this guy came from this band. This guy got shot at a bar, mm-hmm. and then this guy became. Uh, the, you know, it's they're pretty pretty. Um, Standard American band that kids grew up together. I mean, uh, formed a band and, uh, did their thing. So regardless, they came together and made a fucking great debut album. That's the most important part. So with that, let's go to the opening track. It's no, it's not easy. Does it by easy E it's easy. Come easy. Go hit it.
1: So this song to me immediately highlights who Tesla is like basically saying like, welcome to our band, right? That, that 30 some odd second buildup you get is not too long. And the song is still only about three and a half minutes, which is great. That whole bringing the music back down the verse, the bringing it back up. I mean, it totally hooks you in and probably, you know, the first minute or so you're kind of listening to Jeff going, eh meh you know anybody can sing there and then like at a minute 19 he goes to a new place and it's like holy shit and then when the guitar solo comes in it's like wait a second is this a new band and we got to remember these guys have been around five years playing right so it definitely comes off great and for all the bitching that i do about not a great opening track to me this is a great opening track couldn't agree with you more Uh,
2: unbelievable introduction to a band great little intro and i will say this one of my favorite things about pretty much every song on this album is they all have that little moody teaser style intro before they rip into the actual song and i love that about a rock band they kind of get you in the mood and then they just blast you with a riff and they do that and I'm, uh, i'm gonna get this general comment out of the way. Now I've said it many times before Frank Hannon. So goddamn underrated. And he shows it the, the, the dual guitars of him and Tommy. So underrated Troy as a drummer, just underrated. And Sonny, you said it about Jeff's vocals. My God, he can do it all. And what an unbelievable song to, to start off an album. And of course I've said it before. on a lot of these other albums, whether it's white snake or some of these other rock albums, any time you can transition with the use of a pick slide. I'm <laughs> I'm sold. I'm a fan, and it's just the most ballsiest rock thing in the eighties for me to hear. And what a great, what a great way to kick off an album.
0: Easy come, easy go, written by Frank Hannon, Jeff Keith, Troy Laqueta, Tommy Skioch.
1: Correct? Uh, I always say it's skioch, but I don't know for sure. Me neither. I'll go with either one. <laughs>
0: If I'm saying it correctly, and Brian Wheat. So, all five members wrote this song. I'm in agreement with you guys. Love it. Love how they started off. I wrote it, Tom, and I have this a lot this note in all these songs another build up song. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's how I I describe that you came up with something else where the tempo changes. There is a lot of tempo changes. A lot of, hey, you think this song's like this? It's like this. And yeah. I am a sucker for, you know, as you said, you're listening to Jeff do the verses to the, the singer that can do the verse, verse, and then boom, hit you with that higher uh, vocal range that he goes into. I, I fucking love it. Uh, easy come, easy go. The solo is great. There's something about the drumming on this album. And Tom, I told you that I don't know what it is about Alex Van Halen that I can tell it's his. This is the closest I've heard of it The drumming on this album Is what I didn't remember as much But it impressed me a hell of a lot Um, I can't describe it But it's very Alex Van Halen style of drumming And I found it fucking awesome It also reminds me And I'm going to say this quite a few times Very early Def Leppard High and dry Def Leppard This sounds like it's hit and run Or something like that the vocals are great. The solo is great. They, and they have a lot of guitar solo intros and outros. Nothing that's overdone. It's nothing that's like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? It works. And that's the one thing that I, I kind of picked up on this. There's a lot of sophistication when it comes to this as they, they, they make a good, complete song. And then every song has different components. I I I now I always think of it as Sonny's thing. Like there're a lot of, like when he talked about Bon Jovi, there're a lot of little things that you don't think about but you pick up when you hear this and it's like that fucking works in there. It's not just done just for the sake of doing. It. It's not kitchen sink Vinnie Vincent solos. Every little thing, it works whether it means an extended solo or the intro or the outro or Jeff just going off and scatting or whatever he's doing, it fucking works. Every little part of this, the musicianship, the lyrics, the buildup and all this, take this and then go listen to fucking dirty, rotten, whatever from warrant or, or poison. Look what the cat dragged in. And then tell me that which band that you find is more professional and can fucking hold its own and will only get bigger and better. Sadly, it's not Tesla, but that's what I would pick because they are light years ahead of all those other bands that had debut albums at that of this era. I mentioned it early,
2: it, 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 the production on this
0: album—it's—it's—it's it's, it's raw, it's heavy,
2: it's aggressive. It—it's not—it's not—it's not pyromania. It's it's more high and dry. You said early Def Leppard. It's like that, and it lets the album breathe. It lets the it lets the musicians breathe, and they do different things. Whether it's at the end of each verse, of, it's a little noodling with a chorus, or it's Troy doing a little extra fill, or it's Jeff doing something. It's very natural, and it fills up the song so that it's just not a cookie cutter verse chorus verse.
1: Thank it, you. It creates. It makes the song interesting. The reason some of that's happening, all the credit to Tesla. Don't don't get me wrong here. It's the five years because you guys, you guys weren't around in the mid late eighties. I was, and I'm telling you, there was a race to put literally any four or five guys together that could just hold an instrument so we can go get a record deal and get going. Right. So you didn't get the five best musicians. You didn't get the five people that connected the best. LA was just trying to turn them out. Like they were copycats of some sort of Gucci thingy that was out there and they were trying to make knockoffs, right? That's exactly what these guys are in the club. This is twisted sister, right? Mm. Like going into the clubs and starting there. These, some of these other LA bands just didn't get to do that.
0: You are, that is, uh, you know, I think this is comment of Sonny's career right here. <laughs> Let's frame this. Cause Sonny's never going to hit a higher point in my opinion. <laughs> Brilliant, Sonny. You are absolutely brilliant. I love this. Your analysis is point on five years. They got to hone their crafts. They got to have the courage and confidence. Like, no, we're going to put this into the song. So when they do this album, they know what they're fucking doing. They're putting their best album together. You're right. Sometimes it's magic in a bottle. You know, kiss comes out. Boom. They can throw it out and they come up with their great songs. But these guys, this is, you know, hard work. But they know how to fucking put a song together Damn it So if you thought that was a good opener Let's go with the, what they really open with In the future
1: So coming at you live, you know, obviously there's great guitars. It could have definitely opened the album. It's got this bombastic feeling. Uh, This is the song, by the way, that attracted Troy Lachetta to the band. Like this was the song to say, okay, I got to be in that band. I would say it's their first anthemic attempt. Um, It ended up in the set list forever after that. So I think they probably hit what they were trying to do. They were trying to punch in the head and they were trying to show this Judas Priest You know, you do a guitar solo, then you do one, then you do a lick, then you do one. I mean, they, they got it there. What's interesting to me is both Tommy and Frank are huge Van Halen fans. They basically do a dual eruption before the song starts. It's placed as the second song on their debut album. Is that coincidence? I don't know. Right. I guess you look back and you could say that's coincidence, but just like we were talking about before where they're underrated, you could say, tell ask anybody on the street, name 20 80s rock bands. Tesla doesn't come up. You ask anybody on the street, name 20 great guitar players from the 80s. And I'm telling you, Tommy and Frank are not coming up, not even in California. And that would be the only place where they would have a shot. So there's no doubt that they deserve to be known because this song is unbelievable. I couldn't agree with you more. We're going to be saying a lot of the same things here
2: because a song that opens up like that, with an absolute shredding solo, and, it's, and and you haven't even gotten to the song yet. It opens up with that, and then the verses where it's just the drums and a little bit of a bass behind the drums, and then you get the pre- then you get the pre-chorus, the bridge into the chorus with the gang vocals, everybody singing coming at you live then you got the 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 double dueling solo near the end as the song kind of rides out i mean the the i i i went running yesterday afternoon and i was listening to this album and i listen to this album all the time not just because of this review this song is i've been here listening to this song for 35 years like you guys have i'm looking down at my watch and i'm running about 45 seconds faster per mile my pace than i usually run like you running a two minute mile <laughs> and i wasn't even like and, and, and it wasn't and it wasn't even hurting me i felt like friggin' loud and swain and like vision quest i'm like i've heard this song for 30 years and it still gets me just amped up it's just an amazing song and if you see tesla live when they open for this it's just holy shit just a,
0: just amazing coming at you live written by frank hannon jeff keith and brian Wheat. I'm gonna echo a lot of both of what you said. Sonny, with you, so I have my notes this time. I put it on my phone. That's what I've been doing for years, my friend. I usually like to write them down when I'm listening. So you can read my writing. But this time, uh time wasn't permitting me to do that. I put it in my phone. But regardless, what I wanted to show you was I put VH song. Hmm. You guys are the Van Halen guys, not me. And that's what I picked up on the drums again. It's Alex It's the guitar solos in the beginning And there's a lot of duality I'm assuming in this album You know this better than me Sonny A back and forth No one's showing off anybody No one's like Frank's the number You're just the rhythm guy Like They both have their Here shine shine some uh, Light on you Tommy For a little bit But Frank is usually the main guy But both of them were kicking ass on this Another guitar intro I also put, I like the kind of ending towards the ending when they come back after the solo. It's like there's a little pause and then the drums hit a little bit of a solo and then the guitars go. There's a lot of that. And there would be another song I think comes up with that where the solos, the guitar solos in the drum are like playing off of each other in the solos. Like they're working with each other, which I find, you know, pretty cool because you don't usually see that i like the song i it's just one of those things for me for me i, I like um the moving tesla songs the mm-hmm. more passionate some this is more of a rocker song not that it's bad not that i don't like it i do like it it's just to me it's uh it it seems like i don't have it as high as you guys do but it's still a great song and i only know this because um I mentioned earlier about start because They usually open their concerts with this And that's what I remember So that's coming at you live So let's go to The next song
1: better you know if, if you don't think this is radio friendly then you're probably not listening too good i mean it's obviously set up to be on the radio everybody in the 80s that was in rock had this ballad to bombastic type song perfect placement after kicking you in the head twice there's no doubt about that here's where zeus where you were talking about the drumming thing and you, the earworms and etc so i'm listening to this the other day 35 year relationship with this album. Like we talked about, right. I'm listening to this the other day and I find myself like air drumming two snare hits. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So I go back and I listen again. And it's when in the verse, he goes, I'm a hardworking man doing all that I can. It happens there. Then he says, jungle two day and it hits it. So when he says two day, the snare hits twice. That's the type of earworms I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta apologize to fucking Zeus, and I really did not <laughs> want to do this ever. Yeah, but I will do it. So I'm listening to the first Kiss album, first three actually, for uh, a little thing that we're doing on podcast Rock City, and I'm trying to tune into each instrument. Goddamn, Peter's doing a lot of shit on those three albums. Like there, <gasps> when you were not listening to the drums. You do not realize all the little shit that Peter's doing. And I'm like, all right, Zeus was right. Eric Carr nor Eric Singer could have done this shit because it's all this like jazzy blue, like that Gene Krupa shit that kind of get almost lost in the mix because you're kind of listening to the melody. You don't really, he's not really following the melody like Laketa is here. So you don't really realize it unless you're listening for it. For Laqueta, you don't have to listen for it. It's just there. One thing
0: I want to add before you jump in here, Tom. So, the last last time on our episode previous on uh regular Kiss podcast, uh, we had uh, Charlie Benante. I can tell you this I would say they're the only, but there are two pretty good drummers him and Joey Casada. They both say the same thing. I like Peter for... I'm not even into Peter for the drumming. I love his vocals. That's the thing that gets me. But they both say the same thing. You heard, you heard Charlie go on and on. Drummers worship Peter. I know Paul and the rest of them all shit on him. He obviously had his prime. And he lost it afterwards when the drugs and all that other stuff. But during those first albums, he had this touch that worked within that band. Charlie told us, and he was like, oh, you have no idea. Like, a lot, oh, a lot. Like, they just all talk about it. Joey, the same thing. Yeah, Eric, maybe Eric Carr is a fucking beast on the drums and this and that. But overall, they prefer Peter. Now, Peter ain't doing fucking Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up. That ain't happening. I get it. But, you know, it's just that part of it. I just want to add that in because I just had it in my head fresh because of how Charlie was saying off the air about what peter means to him too
2: so all right so with getting better i'm not going to chime in because this is going to turn into a peter chris episode which we could do eventually which we no. no, no but,
0: but it's nice to finally hear it but no, no
2: no no I got, I got you uh no Sonny, you said it perfectly You you open up the album with two with two shotgun blasts and then and then you then you say you give us this song you're like okay this band can do this too this is not just a balls out rock band they can do an upbeat kind of sunny happy sunny with a u not sunny with an o sunny kind of upbeat like rocker like a good mood uplifting kind of sing-along gang vocal chorus type of tune and you're like okay i'm into this album here this is something different and i love it i love that intro i love that little acoustic intro with jeff and then you get troy with the with the just the two drum beats right there that just introduce you to the rest of the song and where it's going it's terrific and we'll once zeus chimes in we'll talk about the video but i think the video is another thing that separates this band from what was going on in 86 87
0: uh following the kiss uh tradition of getting apostrophe better written by frank hannon and jeff keith so getting better another build-up song that's two of the three right it's a blue-collar song you're like shit you watch the video and stuff and the lyrics and all this stuff Like, is this a fucking Bruce Springsteen song? Like, it is just different. You would think this is a country artist doing this that's a little heavier than a like. I can see Tim McGraw doing this song or Mm -hmm. doing a being like, you know what? For my next album, I'm gonna cover this. I mean, he's done stuff from some rockers before. I can see him doing this song. This was a song by a band called Tesla in the 80s. It fits that tradition, it fits the look, the feel, the blue collar. Like the all Americana shit that's in this song. The the vocals are kick ass. The acoustic to rock, I mean, the electric guitar, it's just fantastic. And this is, and they're the punching bags of all our episodes. But I wrote in my notes here, Poison ain't doing this shit. <laughs> like, they're just not. And
1: poor Poison. It's
0: just, yeah. <laughs> it, it just shows you when you, so remember, I saw the video. I liked it. I bought the album. I put the cassette in and I'm listening to this. It's a different type of band. This isn't the same band that if I put on, if you bought Warrant, you bought Cinderella, you bought Poison, you bought those bands. You knew what you were getting all the way through. You're like, what the fuck? This is just completely different, but yet you're, it's catchy as hell. And it's rocking. The Alex Van Halen drumming is still there. The, uh, and I, I started noticing a little bit of the, you know, I love Jeff's raspy voice, a little bit of the Axel Steven Tyler type voice mm-hmm. coming on in these vocals, and I love the callback kind of vocals. And you know, it's getting better, better. You know, yeah, it, you know, it's just awesome. Uh, the solo, it just, I don't know, it, it just, it's kind of like Ace solos. It goes with the song. It fits. It's not like something just way out of left field. It's got a touch and it builds on it. It makes the song better. They, yeah. And I, and I, and I
2: think that's, I think that's part of Frank's gift. The, 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 the solos fit the album of, um, excuse me. They fit each individual song. This is not coming at you live. So he's not going to do a coming at you live solo. He's going to do a solo for getting better, which is an, you know, a, a, a bright kind of uplifting pop rock song and an an anthemic type of song so the solo is gonna fit you talked about the video a little bit Zeus, so we can kind of continue that conversation Mm -hmm. bands weren't making videos with blue-collar construction workers in them in 1986 87 88 there were chicks in their video yeah guys guys hanging around having lunch and just going and just dealing with blue collar america that's unique that's unheard of in this era a uh, sunny i mean I, I you know you look at the videos that we were paying attention to in this time i don't think there were many videos like this yeah there
0: was one it was called glory days by bruce springsteen <laughs> oh don't compare don't compare but you know what i mean I, that's what it was it was like showing the guy the logger the yeah. the waitress the frigging blue collar trucker like this is what it was it was like five guys in in a loft performing like look like five friends just jamming out. It was nothing about pretentiousness. Oh, look at me flashing on my knees. Oh my, you know, it was just so different from anything else back then.
1: It was refreshing for me. Yeah. The video, both videos are done on the same take. Cause they're in the same place with the same clothes on. Basically. I mean, what do you mean I both? think there's a second modern day video. Modern day cowboy has a video. There take. was three videos. Oh, there was three. I didn't even know there was, we'll get videos. into that. Yep. Um, <laughs> But anyway, the two I saw, uh, you know, it's the same. It's the same shoot. I think it might be the three, um, (laughs) the blue collar thing. Jeff Keith just walked off a cement truck. That's what he was doing. Exactly. He looked like got hit by a cement truck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's, and Frank is 20 years old when this album comes out, right? So even if he wanted to do the Vinnie Vincent crap, Somebody would have came up over the top uh, that that uh, you back that off there a little bit, buddy. You're twenty yep. years old. You do what I say. Yep. <laughs> so all right. What do we got next?
0: That's it. Thanks. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Next song. Here we go.
1: So too late for love. I think there's about eighty songs out there that got this title. I guess if you put a number in each place, it maybe it makes it different. Sing along type chorus, you know, it kind of starts with that whole bass and drums. Uh, I love the one instrument coming in at a time. That's always awesome. I'm a sucker for the stop start in the verses. That always I always wonder like when the music stop starts stop starts, it's like when the the writer of the lyrics is trying to figure out the melody, let's say, or whoever's figuring out the melody. It's like, how do they, do they have the melody and that's why they're start stopping? Or are they trying to put the melody on top of the start stop? I always wonder that stuff. Of course he drops the F bomb, you know, can't go wrong there. And, you know, I like the marching band drum beat thing that they're doing, you know, with the little siren sound joining in. That's cool. I never understood the one, two, three, four thing there. So I guess it's because you're using the two, four and too late for love, or is it to make it feel like it's more live? Like, I don't know exactly why do it. Cause even if you're doing it for accounting, so everybody starts at the same time, just edit that shit out. Like why leave it in there? So it's almost like they're trying to show you it's raw and not overly polished. Um, so that's kind of my take. I like the song though. There's no reason not to.
2: Yeah, um, I love the intro. Another another song with a moody intro. And then when those drums and the guitars kick in, that's an aggressive sounding riff and drum beat. They're just, they're just kicking you in the face again. And I love it. And that opening lyric, you know, one of the great opening lyrics to a song. And one of my favorite things that stands out in this song that I love, and it's very subtle, but you can pick it up. When the chorus kicks in, that's when Frank introduces the acoustic guitar and you can hear it laid over the electric guitar. And I love that. I love when bands do that. Kiss does that a, a lot. There's a little bit of that on, uh, on some of the songs on dress to kill. There's a very subtle acoustic guitar that you can hear over the electric. And I think that makes the song sound a little bit more, a little bit more interesting, a little, a little more effective. And it's just an- another killer solo. I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. It, I can't say enough about these songs, but um, but this, this is another one. And you're right, the two and the four, and, you know, I don't know. But I like how they how he counts off the one, two, three, and then boom. I love, I love that.
0: I'm not sure it's necessary, but I love it. This song, Too Late for Love, written by all five band members. Again! That's interesting. I can't believe this fucked up world. Great. One of the great opening lyrics of all time. Yeah. And... Guitar on this There's that I don't know is it a Siren that uh, uh, That thing that goes off I'm not sure what that is but It made me think there's like that is this The beginning of kickstart my heart Because it comes in a little bit later again And uh, uh, I think it was I I think it was after the first break it comes In right that's a guitar Yeah it it sounds like kickstart My heart right right The the verses in the guitars and The singing is just phenomenal, and the guitars is just another great solo. I I just not as, I, I should say, not as interesting as the other songs or not as one of my favorites, but there's nothing I can say bad about this song. It's another good song, and that's it for Too Late for Love. All right. Okay, let's rock me now.
1: rock me to the top. To me, this song is a little more metal, right? Like I can see, I can hear ACDC doing this type of song. It translates very well live. It's loud, it's aggressive. Uh, On the recording, and uh, on a lot of these recordings, you'll hear like one guy's guitar on one ear, the other guy's guitar on the other ear. Um, And then the whole, Zeus was mentioning it earlier, Jeff's rasp. He is a huge Steven Tyler fan. There is absolutely no doubt. That's why some of the times you can't even decipher some of the lyrics he's saying, right? Because it's it's in the vocal phrasing, really, plus the raps that kind of gets it there. But this chorus, man, like you listen to this song one time. It may not be the best song on this album. But it will swim around in your head. You'll be, you know, sitting there making your scrambled eggs. Rock me, rock me, rock, rock me. Through the th- like It's just one of those songs that just kind of swim there. Um, you know, the L-U-V-E. Oh. I guess when you walk off a cement truck, I guess you don't know how to spell. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if that's trying to be kitschy, but uh, I really like the song.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the the intro you get that kind of screaming guitar, and then it just then the song just kicks into gear. And again, another type of song that they, they can do the slow moody rocker, they can do the upbeat pop pop rocker with getting better. They can do something aggressive, and then they do something fast, and it works and it fits, and they make it work with the with the musicianship and with Jeff's lyrics. Another killer solo, you know, and and, and I love the tempo of this song. It's it's fast, but it's not too too fast it's not slow like too late for love but uh they 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 turn up they turn it up a notch and um yeah it's hilarious i'm like i'm like jeff you're doing so great this song is spectacular why are you throwing in the luv love (laughs) at the end don't do that don't i'm like you were this close to being this close and then you just had to throw that in it but it is 1986 so that's okay but
0: yeah another killer rocker for me rock me to the top by Jeff Keith And Tommy Skiage So for me it, This is them going Into the traditional 80s style rock music At the time So I think they have a little bit of uh, Some various types of songs on here uh, Throughout Some are Van Halen type Some are Def Leppard Some are Led Zeppelin All over the place for, And some are Aerosmith Some are Country for this, this is, reminds me a little bit of Let It Go, Def Leppard. Mm. Uh, the rocking Rift. I love Screeching Jeff, as I wrote. <laughs> that's how I have it. Uh, I love the solos. It's another dual solo, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Back and forth between yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, and then, it, it, you know, the only other thing, the, the the chorus. Did Rock Me from Great White come out at the same time?
1: Uh, Rock Me's 87 okay Mm -hmm.
0: rock me rock me ah. yeah so i'm like (laughs) rock me rock me to the top um so i didn't know who grabbed who got it first but it's a good song it's a good rocking song so and and
2: sunny real quick sunny you said how it translates good live for anybody out there that's a fan of tesla or a fan of this album they released a few years ago mechanical resonance live which I wish more bands would do that. It it It's spectacular. The only thing that pisses me off is that the track listing is not in the same order as the studio version, but the, the fuck would they do that? I have no idea. It's so annoying, but it, it's, it's it, the album cover. It's like an updated version of the album cover. It's similar to the original, but a little bit different. And it's entirely live. Jeff sounds a little bit rough, but it, it is t- 2016, I believe it came out, or 2000, 2019, I think it came out. Band sounds spectacular. If you're a fan of the studio, I can't urge you enough to to get that. But when Sonny talked about it translating live, I just wanted to throw that in there.
0: Cool. Cool. All right. Um, let's see if we're any good together.
1: Okay, so for folks who don't like, whether you want to call it a power ballad, a ballad, whatever you want to call it, slower songs, the first half of the song drags. It's a little bit of a longer song, but the second half absolutely rips. This is where Jeff's rasp pays off. When you have a pain in the message that you're trying to build, and guys like Hagar and and Jeff Keith can pull it off because the rasp, Sounds like pain. So if they can put some emotion behind it, I am not talking fucking Brian Johnson rasp. I'm talking about like (laughs) soulful rasp, right? Um, Because this song is a bit country. There's no doubt that it's got kind of that country feel, but man, the soul and the lyrics uh, are amazing. I really like this song. Um, Now, depending on who you believe, Laketa said he wrote it on piano. There's been some different takes on who wrote this song and how they wrote it and what they wrote it on. But uh, to me, it's a great song.
2: I think this is one of the most criminally underappreciated and underrated and unknown ballads of the era. And it, 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 it pains me that this is not more popular because it is just spectacular. It is one of the slowest in terms of tempo power ballads i've ever heard in my life it sounds like it's almost too slow but once you get into it and sunny you said it jeff's vocals make you believe that he is just heartbroken that he is legitimately suffering through this song and then to take such a heartbreaking anthem like this and spin it into one of the most blues boogie rockers where it sounds like you got Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry joining you on stage. And it goes from him being upset and, you know, we're no good together to, you know, the word is out. You're out on the town. It's like, I was mad. Now you're kind of a bitch and now I don't know what to think about this. I just think it's a spectacular song and I love how it starts one way and ends another really, really
0: excellent song. All right. All right. We're No Good Together written by Frank Cannon, Jeff Keith, and Troy Laquetta. I love the slow uh, beginning, bluesy version of the song. It's a little Since I've Been Loving You Mm -hmm. uh, Zeppelin. The drums are very similar. The drums on Since I've Been Loving You and uh, We're No Good Together. Bill, 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 bang, crash. Love that. Absolutely love that. Then when it picks up And then the drums go Oh my god What I pick up on that And what I love is probably I don't know the most Iconic one of the most You may not like it iconic solos Ever and that's Freebird That's what (laughs) I think of that Freebird Solo when it fucking goes And then just like And the drums are going everybody's just You got the rhythm guitarist going and the fucking lead guy Is going off and then he's just Going nuts except Jeff is Singing along with it when Freebird just is all guitar, I fucking love this. And then you could pick up that piano going with it. I love that the pian- You can hear it in the background, a little bit of that piano. Uh, and it makes me. It makes me think of that little that. It's not a keyboard, but like the piano you pick up on. Uh, nothing to lose as well from Kiss. So the, I, I, I can't tell you how much I love this song. That last part So for me I know it's slower in the beginning That last part In the solo and stuff This is another mother earth for me That it just Is that fucking good That it overcomes A lot of the other Stuff uh, that you might be like Ah the beginning part But the last part That fucking good Go listen to it people you're gonna fucking love it So let's go Cowboys.
1: So if I had, and someday I will, a top 50 song, rock songs of all time, those top 50 songs are going to be, like in my mind, perfection. There's going to be The Trooper is going to be on that list. When It's Love is going to be on that list. I am telling you, Modern Day Cowboy is absolutely on that list. I This is my favorite Tesla song. It will always be my favorite Tesla song. And there's a lot of reasons. one. It's just a great song, right? Just, just point blank. It's a great rock song. It drew me in from day one. Cause I love that gunslinger vibe. There is something about a rocker gunslinger song, like rats wanted man that like totally gets me. I don't know what it is, but if they do it well, it, it goes off really well. The, uh, is even placed like perfectly in the song. And for all the bitching I do about these idiot bands that don't know what single to release first, this was the best single to release off this album. I cannot say enough about this song. Like, I absolutely love this song. Ditto.
2: My first comment, one of the all-time great 80s rock songs. It's just it's just undeniable. And, and, and you said it, too. You hinted at it. I love it songs that have like a story kind of, you know, that you're dropping the names of all these like famous like crooks and criminals. And 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 you got that you got that country that that guitar, that little acoustic guitar, and it kind of gives you that feeling that you're out somewhere in the wild west, like with these guys as they're playing the song. You know, but then but then the song kicks into gear and it's like this is one of those songs. You know, we talk about this on some of the other albums. This this is a song that, like, kind of makes you want to pick up an electric guitar and learn to just riff this. It it's just it's it's spectacular. It, it's just it's great. We'll you know we'll talk about the video, of course, but ah, just a, just an awesome tune.
0: Meh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> I, I I almost feel bad. Like, having to say what I'm going to say.
2: I actually thought you were joking. You're about to seriously call
0: this meh. I love the song. I love the song. I don't love it like you guys. It's a great song. It made me want to go out and buy this album. There's nothing bad about this song. It kicks ass. The vocals, the guitar, the lyrics, all of it. Johnny D and his company. Okay. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you can reference John Dillinger and call him it's Johnny D. E. Johnny D is famous for having a big cock, by the way. Okay. I didn't know that, but thank yeah. you. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I love the song. It's a fucking iconic song. What can you say? Uh I it just I feel bad because I feel like you guys have it on a place that and uh, that I don't, but it got me to hear that out of nowhere, that video, that song to be like. I'm buying this album, and it's still One of my favorite albums of all time I think it's for me it's also a little bit uh, Of um, fatigue Because I, mm-hmm. I know this song so well Yep. The other ones I don't Listen to as much So getting back into this I I see the brilliance In it, and when we get to the rankings You're probably going to be like, what the fuck it, A lot of it's fatigue But this is another album That number Twelve Will probably be of the 200 songs that we have We've done maybe number 100 I mean that's how good this whole fucking album is And it just depends on your type of uh, thing I for me I love the song I just I I just I know what I'm gonna get later No it's fine I'm putting a little foreshadowing into it That's Um, fine You want to talk about the video and the and the hobo that's in there, it looks like the guy from fucking Friday the 13th, the original part one and two.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the video. All right. For all the love I gave the song, we could talk about the hobo and the movies and blah, blah, blah. Can we talk about the five members? All right. So we got Jeff is wearing the runaways belt, right? He's got like Lita's Ford's belt on with a musical notes shirt. And Joan Jett's haircut. Uh, yeah. Basically. Right. <laughs> Wicked. Troy. Buddy, if you're gonna wear suspenders, you got to do it like Tommy Lee, no shirt, dude. Like that, the suspenders don't belong in rock and roll. Or you never wear suspenders. them ever. <laughs> or you got Tommy with the wham shirt going on. Like I don't understand the George Michael little swaying shirt he's got going on. Uh, Frank with the black and white jacket, like he's going to a job interview. I, I, I don't exactly know what happened there. But Brian was wearing the Ace Frehley bolt. Lightning bolt strap. You got to give it to Brian. Putting on the old kiss. So everybody's kind of got their own thing in this video that I was picking up on. Going, "Eh, okay. (laughs) I liked. I thought it was kind of cool. They
2: actually had a guy play the role of like Nikola Tesla as the projectionist. Yeah, and they're showing clips of like you know some kind of shoot 'em up movies. But the video is is, there's like too much going on. I'm like just either either make it like a gunslinger shoot 'em up video or make it a band
0: video or. But it's you know it's 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 unique for the era. Okay, so again, bring out the punching bags. You talked about the, um, you talked about. Oh, by the way, Monday Cowboy written by Frank Han and Jeff Keith and Tommy Skiot. But you talked about the video, right? Look at it's a performance type video. Okay, look at that, and then look at talk dirty to me. Oh yeah, same era. Hmm. Right, and then just look at the Hamming it up and stuff These
1: guys are just doing a performance, straight up performance video And that's why They can't sell stadiums by themselves And that's <laughs> exactly. why nobody knows who they are Right, for all the things that Poison is or isn't Dude, guitarists goddamn... aren't
0: bad looking guys No, no, well, no They, no. they could have done that, they could have pushed it a little more uh, Not like with the girl... makeup Dude, fucking Metallica gets girls uh, Metallica And they are not what you call defined... A handsome looking
1: Metallica. band They defined a genre, I think that Super no,
0: at motorhead Lemmy gets girls.
1: Uh, i don't know about that
0: dude he fucking bangs chick he banged chicks left and right they all do <laughs> yeah. all those rock i never heard fucking eddie murphy and fucking uh what's his name was a kentucky fried chicken eating motherfucker what's his name i don't know <laughs> his name? the big fat guy and what's the name was it, mr fee mr no. the big fat guy the black soul singer that died recently oh, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Penagraph? Luther no. Vandros. Luther Vandros. That's it. Remember when he was talking about singers? Get all the pussy because no. some singers are ugly. Because Mick Jagger is an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Luther Vandros was a good looking guy for his era with he his music. Said, so he, 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 he I'm
2: you know, not
1: talking about Vandros,
0: like Kentucky Fried Chicken.
1: Sexual, sexual I'm not talking about sexual escapades. I'm talking about people who gonna buy the albums. Yeah, like and chicks the gifts like the party. Mick Jagger, The chicks love the stones. They bring a party. They bring a party atmosphere. Tesla does not do that. Right. And in the 80s, you had to do that. I
0: disagree with you. I don't Uh, think it's the, I don't think it's the chick thing. They had a song like Love Song, which was really popular with the ladies. Chicks love that song. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it's the thing. I just think that they got unfortunately lumped in and they were too, like, we're not changing who we are to kind of, like if they were bigger during the hair metal stage because they fucking sold out a little bit and glammed up or whatever, then they would be probably bigger now. But they did it their way and they weren't as big then. And then they still got punished for being in that era, even though they never should have been. I just don't think I, I don't think it's the girl thing. Because yeah, yeah,
2: but 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 also too, they were they were more aggressive and harder rocking than a band like Bon Jovi and Poison and again you if you with all due respect to jeff keith he's not john bon jovi he's not brett michaels he's not kip winger he's he's not a good looking guy and you're not gonna you're not gonna attract you're 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 not gonna that that that's why those bands were huge for a reason it wasn't just musically it was
0: the image and the videos that they could produce i gotta think like who is fucking handsome The the guy from Helix with his missing tooth. Oh, who else were lead singers? You know, there's with? a reason nobody knows who Helix is either, because
2: of and that that's guy what, with his That's tooth. why they're
1: playing barbecues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, what <laughs> the guy from Grim Reaper? Yeah, uh, Grim Reaper.
1: Yeah, I mean, Helix, he's playing the concerned. library. That's why nobody knows
0: <laughs> Fucking Ario Speedwagon sells oh Look at Kevin Cronin.
1: Yeah, but Ario Ke-
2: Speedwagon wrote love songs and ballads. The they're not 70s. a. They weren't. A, yeah, they Steve weren't a
0: Perry. Or fucking who's the other all, awful ugly looking bastard back then? Who's the guy from yeah, Sticks? Yeah, but they all. Yeah, but 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 those guys yeah. weren't hard rock bands. Yeah, they were. They, they weren't. Yeah, they I weren't. Know, me- I'm, try- I'm trying to think of who's an ugly looking band with a hair metal band with a lead singer.
2: Look at Quiet Riot.
0: Woo! Yeah, but they
2: didn't attract girls,
0: and they weren't trying to do
1: attract girls. And they're playing backyard barbecues right now. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Who isn't though of all those bands? What about F- F- Led
1: Motley Crue. Def
0: Leppard's a different Grossman. fucking animal. Def Leopard sold has two diamond records. The fuck is other bands had that?
1: But they yeah. had to create it somewhere, somehow. And you can say Def Leppard sold out a bit. They weren't Mick, what they uh, were. What do you call it? I know Mick
0: Mars is a fucking ugly-looking bastard. But uh well, Tommy Lee you know. and Nikki Six were good-looking guys.
2: Yeah, and it helped too that at that time people thought Vince Neal was too. He was blonde. And they had they had sing-along rock songs. Is that before or after? What, that he ate the other person? <laughs> when he looks like the Bumble from Rudolph? That, <laughs> that meme that goes out with him, like,
0: ah! <laughs> I was trying to set that one up. For you, so. All right. <laughs> What's our next episode going to be on attractive fucking bands that's the next live stream that'll <laughs> be the and next you like that guy what was that actor's name that did that fucking thing Lorenzo Lamas with the fucking pointer point at their <laughs> ugliness with the fucking laser
2: Lorenzo Lamas holy wow. fuck wow You're digging deep wasn't it like a snake
0: charmer or a snake <laughs> king? no he was on a what reality show and he was fucking like honey you got some cellulite here with the laser he was like what <laughs> 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 Oh man, Vince! Vince, you gotta, you gotta get rid of that fucking those jowls. That fucking... oh, that spare tire you wear ain't helping. Oh.
2: Vagina God, you got no what Do we look like fucking Bill Parcells from the nineties Giants teams?
0: Vagina God, you got. <laughs> All right,
2: catch, catch, catch your breath, and let's move on. All right, should I introduce the next song? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. This is why these episodes never end. <coughs>
0: <coughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. All right, all right where, where the fuck we just did? <laughs> did we, get the- we just did <laughs> modern day Cowboy <laughs> laser point Vince Neil's vagina gut uh, oh god. <laughs> From modern day cowboy I don't know But we did What's next <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hit it before I die Oh my god Oh my <laughs> god Oh 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 <laughs> <sighs>
1: Okay. So changes. Um, not bad for a bunch of 20 somethings. Like I said before, Frank was 20. Tommy was 24. Brian was 24. Troy was 27. Jeff was 28. When this album came out, this thing has got a polish and a songwriting ability of veterans. That's just personal opinion here. Again, not bad for a guy who just walked off a cement truck, basically. Because the vocal, Jeff, really kills it. The song has a little bit of a Rolling Stones Aerosmith vibe. That doesn't surprise me. But these are the type of songs I guarantee, because I was blacking out at the time, that I would have been singing at the top of my lungs after a bottle of Jack. There is no doubt it's coming out in 15 different keys and 15 different paces. <laughs> but I can all, only imagine that I got bottle of, hand, bottle of Jack in the hand and I'm singing the song out loud. I can only imagine it.
2: Yeah, I, another song. I love the intro. I love the way the piano, and then all of a sudden, you just get that little, those little notes on the guitar. Um, and Sonny, you kind of hinted at, for a debut album, very, very mature and ambitious type of song for the band lyrically, thematically, the way the song is structured. This is very, very veteran-like. Um, I think it's a song that gives the band credibility because it is something that's very unique again another song lyrically that is like holy shit like this is coming off a band from 86 on their debut album and it's funny too because whenever i hear this song it brings me back to to high school because that opening line where he says i remember i was so young i was much too young to see now i'm older growing older and i see things differently in our senior year our high school yearbook if you remember I'm sure pretty much everybody had the kind of the same thing you'd put like under your picture. You'd have a chance to kind of write quotes or little things that were, that meant something to you. One of my, my, one of my best friends from high school, he had that under his picture because we listened to Tesla all the time in high school. And when I hear this song and I hear that verse, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things. The song kind of means a lot to me, not the, not to mention the fact that I love the song. I think it's a a well put together song.
0: Changes is the third song written by, all members of the band. So, for me, uh, the, you know, the piano and you know, it sounds like the intro to the Piano Man for a minute there, but uh, this song is uh, is is definitely one of the weaker tracks on this. Uh, it's another build-up song. I think it rivals Magic Touch with the most fucking song title mentions of any fucking song I've ever heard. Holy shit, can you say the, song changes, or the word changes one more time? That Magic Touch are fucking brutal.
2: Magic Touch sucks, though. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> magic Touch is a good song. Dynasty? Oh, my God. That's a great song. Just fucking re- does the... Should have had a couple more verses in the song title. Another good drumming song. It just it really surprised me about how good Troy is on this uh, on this uh, album. It's a good solo. I like the little playfulness between the drums and guitar on the solo. That's another one that they do that on, if you notice that. And I like the nice little guitar outro on this. Other than that, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I can see the, uh, how do I say, it's a very critic-like song. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, it doesn't move me, but it's kind of a sophisticated song and stuff. It's just like, eh. and I'm not what you would call A sophisticated type of man. So, If anybody's been listening to us, they're aware of that. None of us are. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. My ribs hurt right now. All
2: right, go ahead. Let's move on to the next one then before we get carried away like silly boys.
0: Let's hit it.
1: Susie's on the up. So this is a cover song by a new wave group called PhD. It was actually Ronnie Montrose's idea for Tesla to do this song and Max Norman kind of helped arrange it. Now, what's interesting is Max Norman didn't really want to produce the group. So they had asked, Brian Wheat said in an interview, they asked Peter Collins, said no. Rick Rubin said no. Bruce Fairbairn said no. Max Norman said no. So they were really getting desperate when they got to Barbiero and Barbiero used to work in dance music. So he obviously knew this song already. I can tell you the original version. Don't even go seek it out. It's complete shit. Right. And I guess it was one of the first videos on MTV, whatever that the song sucks. Max Norman. Now it would have been interesting if he would have produced this album because he produced all the Ozzy albums in the eighties. He produced Megadeth albums in the nineties. He produced wicked sensation, now, he also produced Sabotage and Grim Reaper and Roudness and Lizzie Oops. Borden and Armored Saint. So I'm kind of glad that he wasn't involved in this. <laughs> uh, I, I like the acoustic start. I think the b- bass is more prominent in this song. The song's okay to me. I, I don't know why do a cr- cover. Why You didn't have to do this. You, you don't need 12 songs on the album. But the uh, song's fine for me.
2: Wow. Okay. I love it standout track for me on this album, but one of my go-to songs, I love it. They play it on satellite radio a lot. Sonny's right. The cover, the original version, just don't, just don't hurt yourself listening to that. It's just a, (laughs) a total disaster. Um, I love it. I love the acoustic. I love the acoustic stuff. And there is looking at the credits, of the album, it says that Frank Cannon plays the mandolin. And I think this is the song where you can hear some of the mandolin on this is the uh, kind of like during the outro, I think, but this is another, another change of pace song where it's like, okay, they can do something moody like changes. They can blow your face off with rock me to the top and easy come, easy go. But then they can do another kind of beer, drink and hang party tune, you know, whether, even though it's a cover, I love Little Susie. I think it's a, I think it's a great tune, a, lot, a fun tune.
0: Little Susie, written by Jim Diamond and Tony Haimas, the only song not written by the band. It is a cover, and is probably the best cover that I can think of off the top of my head, probably from that era. I fucking love this song. I, mm-hmm. I love how they took something obscure and made it their own. It's not, hey, let's uh, let's do let's be one of these bands that want to do anarchy in the UK, you know, because <laughs> no one's covered that ever and think that they're so full of themselves that their version is going to be the best. This is an obscure song. They took it. They made it their own. The, another build-up song, very Zep kind of beginning in the, with the guitar, the, the acoustics. And it just looks like if you see the video too, it sounds like it, it looks like it. Five guys that like each other and like playing together. And they could take that song and make it this fucking incredible cover. I think this is so much fun. It is just one of those songs that is not typical of the era. But it reminds me of this era. It was so, it's just different than what was, we're used to. And yeah, Sonny, I, I also put that in. This the only time I mentioned the bass. And throughout anything that I picked up on, on this song. I can't believe they took that awful pop song And got this out of it The solo's great But the the big thing for me on this Is Jeff's vocals on this are incredible Just the way he sings Especially that last part It's just I I can't explain it I certainly can't replicate it Oh the music And then you got the screeching guitars Going along with his voice And it's just so much shit's happening. They're just so ahead of different types of bands from that era. You think of them like, holy shit, this is so different and so cool. I think it's the most unique song on this album. I just, it blows me away. It's one of my favorite songs of the era, and it's just different, and that's why I love it. So that's uh, Little Susie. Real quick, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead, buddy.
2: I I just want to make an extra comment about this video. Tight jeans and white sneakers on a man is not a good look. Oh, that's right. Were they you noticing to... his hickory nuts too, or no? Dude, just <laughs> it's just a bad look. tight jeans on a guy if you're gonna okay, I, I get it, but white sneakers with
0: the tight jeans, at least no, no, put no, on it's a all, it's all one. I think uh, that's like a whole band. They're all when those Gene Simmons fucking orthopedic sneakers it's just
2: dude you nobody needs to see your Reebok wrestling shoes from the 80s it's just a terrible look terrible look so that's my comment on the video there yeah I know
0: Yeah, yeah. you you got you uh, actually I forgot all about it Tom you're right Uh, but it's another performance type video so I think it's the same stuff the only reason I don't think it's the same like um, throughout all three is that uh, Jeff's hairdo eventually did get better
4: (laughs) I think it might be race. In the last
0: other from then from modern day cowboy.
4: Woo. Yep. That was
0: that was looking rough. Um all right, let's go to the next track. Hmm.
1: Love me. Um, fun song. I think it should have closed the album. Just my opinion. The talk box always gets me. So it's one of those earworms that get me. There's something about this song. I'll share a couple things. One, right after they recorded it, like the album wasn't even out yet. And Jeff was already saying, we're not doing this song live. So I don't know what it is about this song that he didn't like too much, but they, ne- they didn't really do this song live very much for whatever reason. To me, this is one of those songs on this album that if you were just to hear it in context of the album, it doesn't super shine out, but it's one of the ones I gravitate to a lot. So I'm assuming this just because it's a fun song and it's got that chorus that swims in your head. It's simple. And again, you're making your bologna sandwich for some reason. I can't say with heavy mayo, but (laughs) you're making your bologna sandwich with heavy mayo and a little cheese on it. And you know. Love me, come on baby love me like I don't know why, but it just kind of gets stuck in there so love the song it's a it's a catchy song. why it's am a- I not allowed to say heavy mail?
2: you can say whatever you want on this show this is a safe place <laughs> okay <laughs> this is it's a great song it's a catchy song it's a simple song it, it's a, it's another side of the band that they're showing you on a debut album it's it's a catchy pop rock sing- along anthem. Very basic song. There's nothing tricky about this. This, this isn't changes. There, there's nothing. There's nothing. You know, super creative about it. It's and it, it like Sonny said. You got the talk box there. It, it's just. It's a fun song. It, there's really not much else to say to that. It could. It could have been a hit, but they just chose not to go with it. You know, it's it's not the balls out rock that modern day uh, cowboy is obviously. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a really cool tune. Very catchy.
0: So of all these songs. I have the most notes for this song. Wow! Yeah, "Love Me" written by Frank Cannon, Jeff Keith, Brian Weep. Uh, it's kind of Zeppish in the beginning, a little bit of the ocean mm-hmm. is what I'm picking up on it. Another fucking drumming is just another incredible drumming performance. I think that Alex Van Halen type of snare. I just fucking love it. I think it's so. It's. I mean, I put the exact same thing, Sonny. Fun, catchy. Love the chorus. Love. That weird talk box solo Fucking love that shit I'm a sucker for that crap as well And then just Jeff's vocals Playing along with his guitarist Then come on Come on Come on give it to And then boom solo takes off And just fucking starts soaring That shit is so catchy and Like that's music I feel Mm -hmm. Okay So for me it also reminds me of another band And and I'm like, why does this feel like? What is this? You got everything I want, baby. I'm like, what does this remind me? It reminds me of fucking the old Creedence Clearwater Revival song, uh, "Looking Out My Back Door." I, oh yeah, it's like that kind of like sitting, like at a. You can picture him on a fucking like porch with like a dusty porch outside, singing with his band, and then just playing. And like dressed in jeans and stuff, and singing this song, and like having half the neighbors come on over, and there's fucking clothes Lines everywhere. It's just like a, a catchy kind of like a southern kind of hooky rock song. And even at the end, you got to silence.
2: That's, awesome. That's great.
0: Love me. Come on. It, it's those, and this is the part that I put in it's those little subtleties that. It's make, it made me start thinking about all the other little subtleties Throughout the record of this song Why I love all the other ones I picked up On the rest of the album I I, I mean you, you talk about The fun part Like okay we're going to do this album Oh I know this Can't fucking wait to touch Modern Day Cowboy I love Getting Better I love Little Susie These are the songs that I'm like I fucking used to love this song Holy shit that you get back into. And this is why I love doing this with you guys. This song specifically. Cool. Anything else? Nope. Good stuff. Good. Let's move on. Two more left. <laughs>
1: cover queen one of those great buildup songs right and one the thing one other thing this album has for me is if the song has a feeling that it might get boring man the guitar playing really saves some of these songs and this is one of those songs where the song maybe be an eh, if it wasn't for the guitar the talk box shows up again i think what's happening with this song is they're trying for a sleazier feel And I would basically say they missed because when it comes down to it, if somebody told them, hey, it's the mid 80s, you got to have a sleaze song on it. They're really, they started in 81. They have more 70s influences, like Bad Company, Leonard Skinner type stuff, than they do really 80s influences. So here's them trying to do something that probably was supposed to be Motley Crue, Radish, Warrant type. And I would say they missed. I like the song but we got to remember that they're doing this five years after they've really started. And this really isn't their bag. And in the long run, they did a lot less of these type of songs.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with some of that. I think I like this a little bit more than you do. Um, I like how the song starts off with a little bit of a riff and a vibe. And then it just kind of switches gears when he gets into the into the verses. And it turns into the drum beats kind of like a little bit of a shuffle. Then you get the then you get that those gang vocals coming in with the with the bridge into the chorus, more talk box stuff that I love. And then I love how the song switches gears and, and get goes upbeat. It goes crazy at the end. It gets it, it turns into like a real ripping rock song. So I think that adds a little bit of something extra to it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, for probably until we started doing this review, I'm gonna be honest with you, those lyrics when he says I see your face in the magazine, best looking bitch that I've ever seen for y- ever. I swear to God, I thought he was saying best looking tits that I've ever seen. <laughs> I swear to God, even when I hear it now, knowing that he's not saying that I'm, I'm still like, no, that's what he's saying. These lyrics are wrong. He's saying, he's not saying bitch, but he, but he is no, I, I like it. I, I, it's another different song and I keep saying it about this album. You we listen to you listen to a lot of albums where everything sounds similar. This is just a different song. Sonny, you don't like it as much as me, but I think that's why it sticks out for me because when I put this album on, I'm like, I oh, do I want to listen to Too Late for Love or do I want to listen to We're No Good Together? Nah, I'm gonna put on Cover Queen because that's different than everything else on the album. For me, that's good. I don't know what, what you guys will think of that. Zeus, cover queen. Cover queen
0: written by Frank Cannon and Jeff Keith. I it's Sonny again. Suckers for talk box. I love that shit. I also put the word that you used in my um, description sleaze rock. Hmm. That's not really their style, but this is like the sleaziest song they've probably put out on this album. At least I like the callback vocals going back and forth on this. I love that middle breakdown and that whole little different segment reminds me of what rocket queen whole different thing at the end out of nowhere what's up no one brought this up yet what's up with the record scratching fucking dougie fresh part of this oh i love that i love that guitar effect that's the that's that's a that's that's an awesome that sounds like fucking that sounds like jam master j (laughs) oh i love that i'm glad you brought that up because i forgot to bring that i think that's a really
2: cool effect as they go into the next verse i love that
0: yeah, that sounds like a record scratch. No, oh, that's
2: that's that, that's, the, that's a guitar. That's a, that's an, a guitar effect. Yep.
0: Uh, then I stand corrected. I don't know what that fuck. I thought it was Dougie Fresh. You oh you uh, actually you
2: you actually thought it was a record yeah, scratch. Yeah. Like,
0: what the fuck is that? I don't remember that in the album. Oh yeah. no no, that's a guitar effect. Yeah. I don't know. Okay okay, Uh the guitar, the vocals, the outro, another just the middle breakdown. It's just stuff that stand out for me on this album. But there's one other part. I think he went to the S- Axl Rose school of singing lyrics out of nowhere when he goes, taking care of business. What the <laughs> fuck is that? He does what? that twice on this song. Out of nowhere, he just does. Ah, it's so easy. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He never does that anywhere else, but he did it twice on this song. It just it's it's a good song. I think the, the fact that they do that second portion of the song at the end Makes me like it even more. Nice. So let's finish up the album.
1: For my eyes. All right. To me, the chorus is decent. I just don't know if you need this on the album. Because you already got We're No Good Together. This whole gloomy gust thing they got going on. They were known for smoking pot in the early days. So maybe they're hammered when they write this. And I don't know if this is their attempt of Stairway to Heaven, Dream On. Cause if it was, I gotta say they missed. Because I the song it's a it drags just a little too much. Doesn't surprise me it exists because Hannon's a hippie. We know that. And then the abrupt ending, it's like somebody said, all right, you've got 53 minutes and 39 seconds. If you go past that, we just end it. We don't care if there's another note left because it's really odd the way it ends. So this song, I tolerate it. I like it. I, I don't, it doesn't keep me from it being a desert island album for me. I just don't know if it was necessary. You bring up a good point with the ending. It's like somebody pulled a plug and it
2: even, even it even sounds. It's like, uh, 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 uh. it's like, did you just like lift the, like the needle off the record or something? It's like, it's weird. But that being said, okay, this I've said it a million times. So forgive me for sounding a a broken record. It's a different song. It's a very atmospheric song. I like rush. So this middle section where it's just noisy, with the drums and the guitar kind of going along and there's like effects. I think that's kind of cool. It's not what you would expect from Tesla. And I think that's why this song is the last song on the album. Cause it's a kind of a nice outro for the album. In my opinion, it's a different song. I like it. I, I, I like what Jeff does vocally. And I just think it's, it's just another, another type of song on this album that it's not, you, you, you don't really hear any more from this, in future Tesla albums, and I think maybe Sonny, you were right. Maybe they kind of learned their lesson, like, let's try this. Eh, no, let's not. But I, I don't I don't mind it.
0: Before my eyes, uh, written by the whole band, with the exception of Brian Wheat. So the intro sounds like Nobody's Fool. Mm. That's what I thought. It was like you could totally take that for uh Cinderella's opening so, um Cinderella's Nobody's Fool. I like the vocals. On the verses But I can't stand that chorus It's like almost like he's like Right before My eyes Like like he's like annoyed That he has to sing this chorus But I like the way He sings the song And like it's just that little Hiccup and he's doing his voice In the verses it's pretty cool You know what this reminded me of And I put this down It sounds like Billy's Got a Gun The ending from Def Leppard. Okay, I'm like, is it like that? Is that what they were trying to pull there? I was like, it sounds like Billy's got a gun. It was on, no, nah, 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 and they click. I'm like, what the fuck was that? The weird solo. I don't know the name of the song. It's, it's. it's I'm racking my brain right now. What's the song by Audio Slave? It Was like their first song and their hit. Yeah, the, like, it yeah. Sounds like that. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like I can't explain it. But I'm yep. like, is this a solo? What is this? And like, it's not really. Good. What are they doing here? So I don't know what that was, but again, not bad. Not one of their weaker tracks, but again, not bad. If that's one of their weaker tracks, God, we know where we stand on this racket But, anyways, that's um, that's the end of the tracks. Uh, I, for one, uh, let me just—I'll get this out of the way. I, I, I fell in love with this album again. It, it ain't going anywhere for me. It was always kind of around, but now thanks to what we do. It'll be around a lot more. Uh, I remembered how great this is. Honestly, this is one of those albums that I, there's nothing in it. I'm like, all oh, this songs fucking terrible. And I, I am, I love that. we all picked this. So that's my thoughts.
2: Yeah. I've been waiting to talk about this one. Um, it's an album that has really never left the rotation for me. I never came out of a Tesla mode. Like I said earlier, I think this might be the band other than KISS that I've seen the most. Every time they come around, I always go, whether on their own, when they play in the small clubs around the New England area, or when they open on those tours, when they play with like Def Leppard or whoever. Just just a, a, a perfect album and, a, and an important album that I'll just continue to listen
1: to. For me, being in the Bay Area, I've seen Tesla umpteen times. They've opened for the big acts. They've played headliners for smaller acts i've seen them with kiss in 92 so uh seeing them live i will tell you uh, i've seen them on the monsters rock cruises several times and i will tell you the last monsters rock cruise to me they sounded a little rough jeff's getting a little rough now he is so um, but this album i have a few bands like this i don't want to tell you who all the bands are because we may be doing uh albums with them later on but There's these bands from the 80s that the first record is Desert Island for me, and then it goes backwards after that to me. you know, As the albums went along, I found more and more things to maybe not connect with Tesla. So Tesla is not one of my top 20 bands and not one of my top 25 bands. This album has not left my uh, phone at all. I would tell you, you got to listen with headphones because there is Mm -hmm. so many things going on That you will miss if you're not listening to With headphones and If this album was like 10 songs It would be even Higher on my list I have like this 40 or 50 albums that I have as Desert Island Albums and it's on that list but it would Be much higher if it was only like 10 songs
0: Nice Well let's find out what Those 10 songs will be Because you're going to find out because you want to See what your last two are on this album So number uh, We have 12 songs on this one So let's start Sonny number 12 for you before
2: my eyes. Easy. Okay. I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. This was by far without question, the most difficult ranking for me, because for me, every song on this album is a nine or a 10. Every, every song is a nine or a 10. My top, my bottom two are probably the nines. The rest of this album is it's impossible and i almost feel guilty i'll be honest with you while we've been recording i've been switching my list while we've
0: been talking so i've done that plenty of times but that being said number 12 is before my eyes wow uh number 12 for me changes Mm.
1: number 11 for me is cover queen it just they just kind of they missed for what they were going for same thing for me these are these are i still love both of them but something's got to be near
0: the bottom you guys are way off uh, a number 11 for me before my eyes. Oh, so we're way off. You were off by one. No,
1: uh, it was by the, you're number 11. Go ahead. Okay. So this is the part where it gets tougher for me. There is a number one. No doubt will always be number one, but two through 10 was very, very tough for me because they're all great songs, but rock me to the top ended up 10 for me.
2: Sonny, it's the exact same thing for me. It, it, from from number one, number one was definite, and then I'm like, wait, and then I'm like, no, number one is number one. But you're right, two through ten, the, to me, these are these are all these are all tens. Uh, this is the first album we've done where I can say that. But I agree with you, number ten is uh, "Rock Me to the
0: Top." You guys are way off. Number <laughs> ten for me, "Rock Me to the Top." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, nine for me. And it's just because basically it's a cover. Little Susie. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> this number This ranking's going to be all <laughs> fucked up now, buddy. Number
2: nine, Love Me. Oh! <laughs>
0: it's but even, I to- be even more fucked up. But, I, to- but I, I, I told you, Love Me could be number two. These songs yeah, are fun. all
2: perfect. It's These fun. are all
0: tens for me. Alright, number n- <laughs> number nine for me, Too Late for Love. Ouch.
1: Number eight for me, and like we were saying, you got to have some sort of reason to rank it, right? The only reason I ranked it at eight is it's just a little too slow, and that's we're no good together.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Number eight eight for me, and uh, again, this is when it really started to get challenging for me. Number eight for me is changes. Eight for me,
0: coming at you live.
1: Wow. Wow. Alrighty, <laughs> number seven for me was getting better. Hmm. Okay. Number seven for me again.
2: I love this song, but something's going to be number seven. That's we're no good together.
0: <laughs> seven. Easy come, easy go.
1: Wow. <laughs> All right. Six for me was too late for love, and that's only because two plus four equals six. That's the only reason they end up six. I feel like I need to ex- I feel like I need
2: to explain myself with these picks because this song could easily be number one, but it's six. It, because something's I have to rank them. I just do one A, one A, one A, but number six is coming
1: at you live. Uh number six for me, Cover Queen. Wow. Alrighty then. Number five for me was Love Me. Number five for me is getting better.
0: Number five for me is modern day cowboy. <laughs> Yikes.
1: That's a punch in the balls, right?
0: Ouch. There. there go the rankings.
1: Yeah. Number four for me was Changes. Nice.
0: Number four for me, Too Late for Love. How the fuck do you guys have those songs that high? Number four for me, Getting Better. Okay.
1: Number three for me was Easy Come, Easy Go. And no, not the winger one.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's also a good my- song. I actually yeah, like that I song. I like
1: that. I do but too. That's also my number
2: three.
0: I like easier said than done. Like Easy. easy. (laughs) Easy. This was
2: almost honestly for a while. This was almost my number one, but I put it at number three.
0: I'm easy. The one they're talking about. It's coming up on a bonus episode soon. (laughs) Number three was both you guys. Easy, easy come, easy go. Yeah. Okay. Number three for me was we're no good together.
1: Great song. It is. Number two for me was easy coming at you live. Number two for me is little Susie. Number two for me was love me. Wow. All right. So that made my number one modern day cowboy. Me too. Modern day cowboy. And you both
0: are wrong. Number one for me was little Susie. I'm not going to argue with that. I had that at number two. Honestly, for me, six and above was the one. Actually, I should say five and above. Were the yep. ones that I I don't know I could probably put getting better Modern day cowboy we're no good together Love me as number one someday too I could yeah. easily put that
1: Well we had a clear top three Number three was easy come easy go Number two was little Susie And number one was modern day cowboy Nice
0: Yeah absolutely Now comes the fun part Comparing this to the previous uh, Records So we've reviewed Appetite for Destruction, slide it in. OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Resonance. Where is yours going, Tom? Album covers first, right? Album covers, my friend. Okay, uh, let's see. So I have,
2: let's see, my number one, so my, my album cover rankings are Blizzard of Oz, Peace of Mind, Appetite, Pyromania, Slide It In, Jarfly, Supernode Singles, Bon Jovi, Winger Load, OU812. I love this album cover. I and the reason I'm gonna put it here is just because it has a little bit more cover. Yes, I know that we all love snakes and titties here, but I'm gonna put it right behind Pyromania and right above Slide
0: It In. Okay, so number five for you. Correct. Yep.
1: Okay.
2: Number five.
0: Um, for me, I think for some reason I have, yeah, I have a sonny's going third on this one. Uh, for me, I put this right under uh, Jar of Flies. So I would go Blizzard of Oz, Appetite for Destruction, Peace of Mind, Slide It In, Pyromania, Jar of Flies, Mechanical Resonance, Super Unknown, Singles, OU812, Bon Jovi Winger, Load.
1: All right, Sonny. So for me, the way I had them ranked was Peace of Mind, Slided in, Blizzard, Pyromania, Appetite, Bon Jovi, Singles, Winger, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, OU812, and Load. I am putting this number six in between Appetite and Bon Jovi. So it'll go Peace of Mind, Slided in, Blizzard, Pyromania, Appetite, Tesla.
0: Nice. Gotcha. Okay, so let's move on to my favorite part. I don't know about you guys ranking the album compared to the previous albums so tom where do you rank this album okay so my rankings right now i got
2: singles number one pyromania jar of flies appetite blizzard super unknown load slide it in winger ou812 bon jovi peace of mind mechanical residence is the first album that we have done with pyromania and appetite pretty close singles in jar flies are as high as they are because of the greatness, but also the nostalgia covers up some of the weakness on that album, which is why I have them ranked so high. Mechanical Resonance is the first album where every single song is a nine or a 10. There is nothing I skip at all on anything. And there is nothing meh on this album for me. So that is a long-winded way of saying that this is my new number one.
0: Oh, whoa! As much as not see that coming. As
2: much as I love singles, there's too many weak spots on singles. I love singles because the standout tracks on it are some of the greatest of all time. But mechanical resonance is. The most perfect album that we've done so far. Appetite, there's a couple sixes and sevens. Same thing with Pyromania, there's a couple sixes and sevens. Everything on Mechanical Resonance is a nine or a 10 for me by far.
0: Wow. For me, I have Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction. I don't know why I spelled it like that, but singles, <laughs> Jar of Flies, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide It In, Peace of Mind, Load, OU812, Winger. Do I go by quantity or quality I don't know I'm going to put this as uh, I'm going to put this as my fourth wow. I'm going to put it under Appetite for destruction And above singles Okay so you're also bouncing singles Yep Yeah the thing about it is uh, it's, it's got more depth Yeah a lot more better better songs Than a lot better songs than the other ones But Jar Flies and Singles has You know it just has the, My favorite songs on them But yep. it has some stuff that I don't want to listen to Bon Jovi Reminds me of this for me Because I like the whole Bon Jovi album mm-hmm. The difference is Bon Jovi has Maybe one or two Songs that i mean, maybe just one Maybe just run away that Really stands out for me I love the whole album This album has about four or five Of them and it's great throughout You know some of them But none of them are like None of them move me Like um, No excuses Or birth ritual Or sweet child of mine mm-hmm. Or Basically all of pyromania Definitely not as Aussies, Blizzard of Oz. Anyways, that's, that's where I'm going. So I'm going to move it as the number four underneath uh, Appetite and above singles.
1: Sonny. For me right now, I've got it ranked Slide It In, Appetite, Pyromania, Winger, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812, Blizzard Singles, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, and Load. It's going to be very difficult to beat Slide It In because Slide It In is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's possible we review one other that can beat it, but I don't think we're going to review the other ones. Um, Tesla's going to be number three for me. So it'll go Slide It In, Appetite, and Tesla, because all three of those are on that Desert Island album list, and pyremania is not. So Tesla's going to be number three for me.
0: Okay, so I, I don't remember, Sonny. But you say there's two songs off this that you're, eh, yeah. on, on this album. Yeah. What on Pyromania drags it down
1: for you? Billy's Got a Gun's right off the top of the list. Me too. I, I'm, you know, it's not bad. It's one I skip. I don't skip anything on the Tesla album. Okay.
0: Okay. Is there anything else on Pyromania? I'm just curious.
1: No, just there's some I'm not in super in love with, but Billy's Got a Gun is the top skipper for me. And if any album has a skipper, it's off that list. Yeah. See, yeah, see, I don't that's think a, that,
0: Billy's see, that, that bad. It's not bad. It's not whatever. I mean, that, even that,
1: Blizzard that, for me
0: has a bad, it has D on it, which I don't really want to listen to, but it's only fucking 30 seconds. Yeah. That's the thing with Pyromania for me, that it's one of the greatest
2: albums like of all time, but there's just a couple things on there. It's, it's a top heavy album for me. And then I, I just can't, I, my number one album has to be an album like Mechanical Resonance, where it's nines and tens across the board. Completely unskippable. An album that I listen to all the time. I have zero fatigue on this album. Zero. Which is unique for albums for me.
0: That's why it's number one. It just checks off everything. So, Wow. wow. Yep. Anyways, I, I think I would say it's fair to say that this was a pretty good pick.
2: hmm Yeah. I will say this, Sonny, I was holding my breath. I know that you always say that it's going to take a lot for slide it in to get knocked off. I thought this had a shot at it because I'm anxious to see what could knock it off. Maybe uh, when we stop recording, I'd like you to kind of spill the beans because I would love to know what could, but I thought this had a shot, but number three is still good.
0: Absolutely. So that's it for the the album. Let's uh, move it on real quickly to um, this Sonny, what makes you rock hard?
1: All right, this should be interesting. So, the election just got over, and we just had a transfer of power. So, I just saw this movie that I figure I'd share with you guys, oh. and it's the movie called LBJ. Have you ever seen the movie? Oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson? Yes. No. So, the plot basically centers around Lyndon B. Johnson having to take over the presidency and uh now that kennedy's died and what they're doing is
0: murdered assassinated (laughs)
1: died. he died so (laughs) they're they're kind of flashing they're showing what's happening as he takes over and then they're kind of flashing back on how he ended up where he's at because he really wanted to run for president against he really wanted to be president when kennedy became president right so There's all these political battles that are still left over. There's sides of the aisle. There's this whole thing about the Civil Rights Act that's sitting there that he's got to do something about if he wants to. But his supporters don't support that act. You know, there's all these things that are happening. And, you know, Woody Harrelson as LBJ, after seeing some of the things that he's played in his life, you would think that he doesn't do a great job. He does, though, because LBJ for all the pictures you've seen and maybe all the things you've heard it kind of comes off as a stuff shirt, but would he actually put some uh, interesting spin on the character, which uh, makes it a little more fun? Jennifer Jason Lee plays lady bird. Uh, Michael Stahl David is Robert Kennedy, Jeffrey Donovan, uh, which I love this show called burn notice. Oh my God. One of my favorite TV shows of all time plays John F. Kennedy and Kim Allen plays Jacqueline Kennedy. Uh, it's a, it's a good movie and it's not super long. Um, so um and it's not boring. I kind of like the I want my history in movies, but I don't want it to be always a documentary. I kind of want I think the director's spin on what he or she thought it was. And I'll take it for what it is, and I think I enjoy the movie that way a little bit better. Curious, did they have Walter Jenkins in the movie? Walter Jenkins was played by C Thomas Howell. Wow. C yeah. Thomas Howell.
0: Do you I don't know if you know this Tom. Walter Jenkins was like Lyndon Johnson's like favorite assistant. He was like yeah. an aide. and He did everything for them him and his wife and he was gay mm-hmm. and they didn't know that and he, wow. got, and he came out and he had to let him go and it was, it was kind of like a real kind of an emotional thing like wow. that he had to do. This is back then. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that was part of it. So I was curious about that. I, I've seen other stuffs about LBJ Path to War is another great one. HBO did that one. There was one where uh what's his face from um Breaking Bad did him too. That was another one. He and played Branson, that on Broadway. Yeah, yep. Brian Cranston played him and they did that on Broadway, and then they made I think they made that as an LBJ movie on HBO as well. But I love those political stuff. I love that he was to put it like for those who may not know, I'm I'm a political junkie and I love this stuff. He was like um I would say he was like the Mitch McConnell. So as much as everybody and everybody on my side can't stand McConnell can't stand him he, that guy knows more tricks about getting shit done in the Senate than any fucking other guy since LBJ yep LBJ used to get fucking a million things on so I always equate it to and I think is that's why my hope is for Biden to get something done I always equate it to Obama is Kennedy. The theorist, the dreamer, and all this other stuff. But LBJ was the one, because of his political background in conniving and bullshit and shady shit, was the only one that was able to get all the civil rights shit done. Nobody else was. And because he was from the South, they allowed him to get that. I know, oh, now you just lost the South for generations and all that other shit. And all of a sudden, Democrats became Republicans or Republicans became Democrats in the South. It all changed everything. But he was so brilliant of a politician, LBJ. He got all those civil rights and all that stuff done because he was basically Mitch McConnell back then. And it's just a fascinating way of looking at it. Joe Biden was pretty big in the Senate and he got a lot of big stuff accomplished during the time when things were getting done in the 80s with a lot of other people. And he worked across the aisle shit that he got. You know, he gets blasted by my side of the aisle. For working with Republicans I'm hoping that maybe something Can come like this like LBJ And get some big legislation done You never know that's my hope Maybe in a couple episodes A year from now two years from now somebody will say Hey remember when you said that and some big Legislation gets done I hope so For the good of our country now That's it for me Tom what about you buddy Yeah no politics in this episode For me we're going to go straight to the sitcoms So So for Christmas,
2: um, so during 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 COVID, like a lot of other people, spending a lot of time working from home, or binging TV, doing whatever. So Seinfeld for me is like the peak. Like, and I never thought anything could even come close to it. Seinfeld is still a peak, but The Office is a a hair away from superseding that as the greatest. It's it never will. But that being said, my wife got me this book for Christmas called The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s, written by Andy Green. And I love it, not just because of the subject matter, but because of the format. I think we've talked about this before. It's written in that oral history type of format, where it's all just little paragraphs of interviews during the topic. It makes it such an easy flow, fun read. Um. It starts off by getting the whole background and interviewing Ricky Gervais and his partner because of the UK version of The Office and how they were terrified once the Americans were interested in, because there were quotes from people in the UK saying the Americans ruin everything. They're going to screw up this show. And then it gets into the whole, the casting and it's, you know, obviously I'm not done with it, but if you're into TV history or if you're into, if you like The Office I can't recommend this enough. It, it's, it's amazing. I've read a bunch of books on, about Seinfeld, but I've never read anything like this. This is really, really excellent. It's called The Office, the untold story of the greatest sitcom of the 2000s written by Andy Green, who is also a writer for Rolling Stone magazine. Very well done. Very well put together and interesting.
0: Sounds cool. For me, Tom, it started off with something stupid. Me and you were talking about something I don't know what it was. It was reminding me of. And then I texted this with you and we were saying something about the beach boys mm. and it was something about rush hour. <laughs> In the, oh well, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. A touch a black man's radio. No. Oh, the beach boys, great American music. Yes. <laughs> and then fucking what's his name? Got all pissed off. We mm-hmm. have a touch of black man's radio. I, and, and I went down that fucking rabbit hole and I love the Beach Boys. I have a couple box sets, a couple of their old stuff, Pet Sounds, all that stuff. I find Brian Wilson to be one of the big musical geniuses of all time. Guy ahead of everything. Just took too much LSD and went way over the top. So I just started picking up my um, my Beach Boys stuff. I, 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 I love their music. I know you got the simple versions that you can always get into surfing USA, surfing safari, and then you get into a little bit more popish. You get to, you know, I get around and stuff. And I remember they would always show uh, Joe Namath highlights with that song in the background and he help me, Rhonda. Catchy, poppy, fucking vocal, like harmonies that are just, you know, out of this world. And then you get into the brilliance of pet sounds mm-hmm. and all that good vibrations heroes and villains and probably i don't know if everybody else remembers this um a different generation probably remembers it than we do do you remember watching the wonder years yeah do you remember when 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 he when he got dumped and she went onto the bus with some other boy and they played god only knows it was like the first time mm. i really listened to that song, Great song. and that that whole imagery of that song playing God Only Knows Paul McCartney calls it the greatest song He's probably his favorite song of all time It is so beautiful It's just so done And it's it's not Brian Wilson singing it this time It's not Mike Love It's Brother Carl who sang a lot of the songs too He's got such a beautiful voice It's just a fascinating Fascinating stuff And so you get into all this stuff And I got into the music And I went down the rabbit hole and ended up on Beach Boy documentaries on YouTube. And I found, wouldn't it be nice, the Beach Boys documentary. And it documents all this stuff. All of it from how ruthless the dad used to be and beat the shit out of them. And what an asshole he was to them. And made Brian crazy, but made him a perfectionist. And it talks about, you know, the, the whole Creation of the surfer sound and then the competition between the Beatles and the Beach Boys and how they would listen to um, Revolver. And then all of a sudden they would come out with pet sounds and then how they went into uh, Sgt. Peppers. And then they did the Smile album and it never made it. And Brian went fucking crazy. And then the fights, the lawsuits. And then in, in the middle of all this is the crazy part of their brother, Dennis. And his whole story with Charles Manson. And all that fucking craziness. And you're like, holy shit. What an exciting life. How did they never make this into a real movie? Crazy stuff. Uh, Again, that's just one of the many documentaries you can find. Wouldn't it be nice? Um, A documentary on the Beach Boys. Love their music. uh, Love the Beach Boys. And they are totally fascinating. For me, at least. Awesome. Very cool. Nice.
1: Yeah, Sonny, you're not going to sound like a, a big Beach Boys fan, huh? Uh, I love the pop sensibilities. Oh, I, I, I like... Oh, you do? Yeah, I would probably say there's at least 10 to 12 songs from the Beach Boys that I love. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just—they feel California. You can't not love oh, the Beach Boys. Oh, absolutely, there. absolutely, the Beach
2: Boys great American music. That's right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, their, their friggin Christmas album
0: is spectacular. Oh, I love that. I love, love that. It. I have it too. It's on yep. my rotation. I listen yep. to it all the time. Yep. All right, boys. Before we end the show, Sonny, tell us about your handsomeness.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a married individual, happily not that kind married. Of oh, okay, sorry. Um, no, growing up rock is coming up on episode 200. Uh, we should be there in a couple of months. Nice. So that, that'll be fun. Um, growing up rock dot com. That's probably the best way, uh, to connect with us. And then podcast rock city, uh, another kiss podcast and, uh, going good there.
0: You nice. squinted when you were trying to remember your own fucking website. I mean, uh,
1: email. I had to, cause I had to remember it. Because some dumbass left a G out of it, and I gotta always now remember not to say the G.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute,
1: say that again.
0: Some dumbass
1: left left a G out of it, so now I gotta always remember not to say the G.
0: Oh, at the end, I'm like thinking, what do you mean out of growing the G?
1: I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you know the last G, rowing, you know, rowing up rock. <laughs> Rowing up rock sounds like
2: loudness. <laughs> yeah, wildness. wildness. Rowing up rock. Yeah, exactly. That too.
0: Oh man. Oh, boy. Tom, what about us? If we're yeah. ever allowed back on the air again.
2: <laughs> yeah, shout it out loud cast. So we are an all-kiss podcast. New episodes drop every Saturday. We do these uh the album review crew episodes once a month, uh non-KISS records, obviously albums like Tesla. Uh, so yeah, you check us out on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our email is shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're part of the great Pantheon podcast family, and you can find our show, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. So be sure to check us out. Uh, again, we do these monthly non kiss and then the regular kiss related kiss centric episodes are every Saturday. So check us out and make sure you check
0: out Sonny's shows as well. Yeah. So grown up, Brock it out loudcast. No one remembers emails, fucking yeah. websites or anything like that, but you know where to find us online. We're always available and Sonny is always available on his millions of um burner accounts. You yeah. can find them as uh, I don't know what were some of them, Tom. Ranch Hand Joey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know, I'm like that. So you he has just go look for anything that agrees with me, and it's a so burner. So he
2: burner. has
1: horny women love rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay
2: the Chang is sexy, which I think is now Ranch Hand
1: Joey. I love
0: how you say that one more time.
2: <laughs> Ranch <laughs> Hand Joey. Wow. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? There's Save rock and metal.
0: Uh, oh, I think we figured out Doug Middleton might be a burner account. Now. <laughs> no, there was a couple of the, like, the pod, podchaser.com ones, too. Oh, Maybe yeah. Cherry Blackwell. Is that one? Did I think just read an email
2: from him? Yeah, I think I think Jerry Blackwell yeah, is now. Yeah,
3: oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and
2: you. Cereal Man. Cereal Man, which is poony because he always talks about peanut butter crunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: nobody else talks about cereal. That's why. <laughs> Anyways, I had to leave it on a fun note. Guys, thank you so much. Let's go to um, Famous Last Words. Sonny, what do you got?
1: I'll take command. Take control. Now I see you coming back for more. I see you like it, but you don't need it. Ooh, you want to feel it. Oh
2: God. I'm glad that wasn't the last words of this show. (laughs) All right. There comes a time when you've got to let things go as fast as they come. Wait and see what tomorrow may
1: bring you get it all while you can. I always thought that was what your mama may bring you for the longest time.
2: That's okay. (laughs) I also thought he was saying tits for 35 years.
0: (laughs) It's day and I'm feeling high. What's the chances for you and I, I've got love on my mind lovin's on my mind is that a paul stanley lyric (laughs) it sounds like i'm fucking horny (laughs) i need to fuck
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh well what do you know another three hour bonus episode it's impossible to not make these long because we just have too much fun together sunny thank you so much zeus thank you guys thank you hope you enjoy tesla mechanical residence awesome time as always
1: thanks for having me and you know of course we got to end it on
0: me so horny. <laughs> <laughs> tom thank you sunny thank you kiss army thank you loud Gassers, thank you peace out girl scout we
3: love you